hello. Welcome to Mixtape and Identity. I'm your host, Shane. Thank you so much for listening. This is episode 46, and my guest this week is Gabby Bolt. Thank you so much for joining me for the 46th case of Mixtape and Identity. My guest this week is comedian Gabby Bolt. Um, Gabby is a musical comedian based out of Australia. Um, listener suggestion this one um, I say listener it's a friend of mine someone that I know from online so shout out to Ebon for suggesting that I reach out to Gabby I'm so glad that he did because Gabby is phenomenal everything that I see her do I think she is incredible um, the the music that she's writing the songs that she's putting out there um, appearances on TV I think she's just fantastic um, so 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 happy to get her on the show the music that she sent over the list an awful lot of fun um, and some songs I've taken away that I will listen to like heavy in my uh, rotation now um, if she'd sent over a little bit earlier I would imagine some of the songs would be much much higher on my Spotify wrapped for 2022 but genuinely a like, phenomenal list of songs I'm very very excited about that and the chat itself is excellent uh, Gabby is very very open uh, we talk in depth about a lot of different topics very generous with her time so I really really appreciate that um, so yeah, if you're, if you're new here, uh, this is your first time listening, just to let you know that the playlist that we're talking through, it is available on Spotify, so release that on a Monday, ahead of the podcast coming out on a Thursday, so you can check that out. Uh, Mixtape and Identity is the Spotify profile, it's all in the description, and if you want to get updates, the best place you can go is uh, Instagram, at Mixtape and Identity. I'll be back at the end of the show, but for now, we'll get into episode 46 of Mixtape and Identity, with Gabby Bolt. How often do you actually listen to music at the moment, Gabby? Um, I mean, I listen to music every single day. I think the harder thing lately has been branching out. Like, I find myself mm. a lot lately listening to the same things that I'm, like, comfort listening to. Um, right. So I listen to it all the time, but it's just sometimes I have really have to sort of push myself to want to listen to something new. Yeah. Uh, and that's really weird because, like, what are you going to lose by listening to a song that you don't like? <laughs> Nothing. You just did an opinion. Like, it's so funny how I feel like it's such a waste if I don't like the song. Yeah. But, yeah, no, so lately branching out has been quite hard. What about yeah. yourself? Yeah, well, I mean, my, my music listening is mainly dominated by doing this show, to be honest. So, yeah. Like, you know, uh, last 48 hours, I've just purely been listening to these 15 songs. So Oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah. I, but, no, I think, like, that is one of the reasons I started doing the show is I got into a real rut with my music listening. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, regular listeners can turn off now because I, t- I talk about this all the time but <laughs> my um i listened to my spotify top 100 uh 2017 yes. playlist the entirety of 2018 and 2019 <laughs> um which just got <laughs> grim in the end yeah um, it's so funny because like on the one hand you could be like maybe you just nailed it first yeah. go like maybe that playlist <laughs> yeah, exactly, is just yeah. genuinely perfect uh, yeah. but yes no it is it is tough when you realize like four years later you're like oh i shouldn't still be relating to these songs that's yeah. not good <laughs> yeah it was it was more just a case of like i got to a point where i was like do i not do i not like music because <laughs> i don't i don't try and find any new music and i kind of hate all of my i hate my taste in music which is a weird yeah. thing um so yeah absolutely it, like, been there yeah yeah um so yeah, I normally ask about like, you know, if you go back to Old Familiar, if you try to find new stuff, if, if, if you are trying to find new stuff, how do you actually do that? 
I mean, I used to do it with Spotify, but then when Joni right. Mitchell took her songs off Spotify, I swapped to Apple Music. I was like, oh, that's all it took. Um, wow, so, okay. so now it's really, yeah, it's because it, I mean, Apple Music, as good as it is sort of cohesive with my iPhone, I mean, mm. it works quite well with Apple stuff. Um, they're not as good as Spotify yet at like creating and cultivating playlists just for your listening taste. They're not, right, okay. they haven't really quite cracked that. So yeah. yeah, at the moment it's basically just asking and going, looking, um, okay. word of mouth for the most part. Fair enough. Wow. That's quite a, that's quite a, um, a thing to weigh up, isn't it? Joni Mitchell versus like a good algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Weirdly, Joni still won. I don't know how, <laughs> but she did. I said, you that's... can't take River away. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Um, and so just before we started recording, you mentioned about like um, writing new stuff and obviously that's sort of um, yeah. you know, musical comedy. Does that, does your music listening impact on that or is uh, that something you need to be conscious of? 100%. I mean, like sometimes I'll watch, I mean, I'm also quite into musical theatre as well. So sometimes I'll like listen to a soundtrack from a show and then right, okay. accidentally write a song that could fit in the show. Like, and I'll be like, oh no, this is not... <laughs> This is not good. Um, and yeah, my styles, like my listening habits definitely affect. Like I remember I was listening to uh, a lot of like Earth, Wind and Fire and like Eliza Love Child and like really funky, like slower jam, D'Angelo stuff. And mm. then I wrote a song that my, in my last show called House Sit, which is like I listen to it now and I'm like, oh, that makes sense why I wrote it that time because right. the whole week leading up to it, I've been listening to these like slow basses and like funky drum beats. And that song's like very different to the rest of the show because it's right. it's a funk song. It's not a piano song. So it's, yeah, it does affect me. I don't think I notice it until after the fact though. Like I really right. wish I could have a bit more foresight, but I don't. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Fair enough. I let it happen. Yeah, yeah. The, the musical theatre thing makes sense to me because um, I, I was talking about this recently, but um, God, I'm, I'm very conscious that what I'm about to say might sound very patronising. No, um, go for it. But, um, I love being patronized. <laughs> <laughs> You're a woman. You're used to it. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, what's what's another one? <laughs> go for it. But, no, no, um, go for it. But no, generally speaking, I, fi- I find um, musical comedy is quite difficult to get right a lot of the time. Um, yeah. And particularly things like courses, for example, where you've got like the course is basically the joke. And then you've got like uh, verses, which are pretty funny. And then you're going back to the joke. And if you're watching that live, it's kind of like, you kind of done that already so like the yes the switching it up is very important and i was thinking about this in the context of um i watched uh you perform uh a love song for an incel oh yes which is fucking great um, thank you <laughs> and i actually was thinking about musical theater as i was listening to that because i thought it's very like there's a real sort of story it's a narrative so, yeah it's a narrative exactly and it doesn't sort of go back into verse chorus verse chorus there's like no it sort of just it just flows which is a, which is a really difficult thing to do i i ah, and yeah I, I, I absolutely loved it i thought it was great oh yeah it, it is and it is funny how it does tie it like really i mean most musical comedy you could write a story about a show and mm. have a musical at the end of it like i mean i think about that a lot with um, well, I think about Tim Minchin a lot, you know, and mm. Tim Minchin started the musical comedy and then went on to write, I mean, obviously it makes perfect sense, but he went on to write Matilda and he went on to write Groundhog Day and yeah. you hear the the themes that he was writing about in his own shows come through. Mm. I think the only difference is like 
I sometimes think somehow that must be easier when you've already done a couple of shows under your belt, comedy shows, yeah. because writing a musical, you just take the jokes away half the time. Like, I feel like like it must <laughs> yeah. be so much easier <laughs> to sort of <clears throat> get those songs together because you don't have this pressure to also be funny. Yeah. But I think it differs when you get a bit more modern. Um, but maybe I'm just being pretentious. But like sometimes I look at sort of the stuff that Bo Burnham does where half of the jokes sometimes are, are they're funny because of their pacing. And I feel mm. like sometimes when you're watching a Bo Burnham special, it's more like a television sitcom than it is like a musical. It's less yeah. – it is still theatrical, but it's it's less – like theater Broadway theatrical than it is like say somebody like Tim Minchin I hate to compare like the only two musical comedians who apparently exist but I I do think about that a lot and I think about my own songs and I don't think they sound particularly Broadway-esque until I play them live and yeah I get that a lot like a lot of people will go that would fit perfectly into the, a show about this or a show about mm. that and I have thought about it because I mean writing a musical is a really cool thing to get to do uh and I one day hope to do it I just don't think I'm ready for it yet I don't think I could um really do that by myself i'd have to do it with a team if i was ever gonna do it (laughs) okay fair enough one day yeah we're going for it one day i have no idea what it would be about (laughs) yeah yeah i know that's the thing as well like that i find that i'm what you said about um before uh recording as well um Mm. i i've written a little bit of music like very little little bit and um my big block when it came to writing lyrics was like everything has already been said and I don't really yes. have an original point of view. <laughs> that like, is where I am at. Yeah. Like at mm. the moment, 100%, I've never had an original thought in my entire life. <laughs> or like, I'll think I've had an original thought and then I'll Google it for literally five seconds to see if anyone's done stuff on this. And right. then there's like a million videos and like five songs and you'll be like, fuck, I, I can't, <laughs> I can't write about this now. It's yeah. why I haven't touched, I haven't touched on religion at all yet in my career. Right. Even though I have opinions about it, every time I go to write that song, I'm like, it's literally been written by a million different musical comedians in a million different ways. Like, I just, I'm not adding anything to this discussion. I'm just sort of self-indulgently saying my piece. So maybe one day I'll get around that and just think, you know, maybe I don't care anymore. Like, who cares? This is my opinion, though, and it's more important. I think that's what's missing. (laughs) I need to be a bit more egotistical about it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it needs to be more important. It just needs to be important to you, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I think... as a as a fan, that's what I connect with is when people are just like being mm. authentic to themselves. It doesn't necessarily need to be something they haven't heard before, but if it feels yeah. true to them, I'm on yes. board. You know what I mean? I think that's the key, and I think because I don't really, um, what was I going to say? I I tend to I, I tend to lie a little bit in my show, like most comedians, because to set up a lot yeah. of punchlines. And so sometimes I also forget that, like, if a jo- if a if a song is funny, even if it's dumb, mm-hmm. it can still be good. Like, because I'm writing songs all the time as just exercises at the moment, and being like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever written, like the <laughs> stupidest thing I've ever written. It's so silly, no one's gonna laugh at that. And I'll say that to like my peers, and they'll be like, that's that's hilarious. Put that in the show. Yeah. So I also think I just don't need to have opinions on things. Sometimes I, I like letting go of just being dumb, you know, yeah, <laughs> for the sake absolutely. of it. I absolutely. am the jester. <laughs> 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 Laugh and throw things. Woo. All right. Perfect. All right. 10 minutes in. I haven't even gotten to the list and we've sorted out your life and your writer's block. This is great. You have. Um, <laughs> I'll so write a whole it. album after this. It'd be great. <laughs> All right, song one, then it's a song that you fell in love with straight away. So yep. you went for Poetry by Dead Men by mm. Sarah Bareilles. Sarah Bareilles, yeah. She, 
that album is incredible. The album that this song is on is called Amidst the Chaos. And I, mm. I've, not only was that song I fell in love with this right away, I fell in love with that album like immediately. I'd never listened to something and been like, oh, I'm listening to this on repeat for the next year of my life until mm. I found that album. Um, and yeah, the song, I just think it's interesting. I think it was it had been a, quite a while before I hadn't found a song predictable. And then mm. this song, I just I just couldn't really, I could hear this like sort of, a rhythmic piano and then these lyrics and it was telling this beautiful story and then the bridge took me somewhere else i just was i with the first time i listened to it i just couldn't guess where it was going and i really liked that i really enjoyed that it took me on that sort of whirlwind yeah yeah i i I find that as well sometimes like there's um certain bands or artists that i'll listen to and even just like musically i like to be surprised or like Mm. I, i like a lot of like uh jack white for example um, yes so like great example right so a lot of the time like maybe the first time i listen to something i'm like why have you done that when the chord progression was obviously leading there yeah that's just weird and then after a few lessons i'm like well i'm glad you didn't do the thing that i think you should have done because yeah. that's boring um yeah so yeah yeah i know what you mean about like being surprised by a song and being on that yeah. journey i find this song really interesting as well um mm. i haven't really listened to much Sarah Too much yeah not not much Sarah um, she she's tragically been sort of swept under the rug a bit I feel like a mm. lot of people know her main song which is love song I'm not gonna write you a love song because you asked for it that one right and weirdly enough I feel like that's probably her most sort of obviously commercially generic song and then she wrote like this album is just stellar songwriting like it's actually mm. every song i don't find any of them skippable like they they right. all take you on this journey you can really she's a very visual writer like i feel like like the first line of poetry by dev men is is this quite threatening lyric which is by the time you hear this i'll be in the rearview mirror and yeah. it's like oh what's happened <laughs> like i'm immediately like oh she's left someone like i don't know like what's going on and yeah. I just, she's just such a great writer and I really can't wait for her to get some sort of like legendary Kennedy award or something in her old age because she's yeah. written so much. Like she's, she's seriously is just a carol king of this generation. Like she's incredible. Yeah. I'm very, very guilty of doing that. Of like, um, l- like assuming that an artist is their one big song. Um, yeah. Like uh, I've been, I've been talking like time of recording. I'm talking about like my, uh, it's, it's one year anniversary of doing the show. Oh, congratulations. Uh, thank you. And um, one of the big things that I've been talking about is um, Carly Rae Jepsen. Like that's yes. been, she's been like my biggest journey on the show because I initially came around to the idea that maybe like uh, Call Me Maybe and mm-hmm. I Really Like You, those songs are fine because songs are allowed to just be fun, fun. and a little yeah. bit dumb. And I was like, okay, now I get Carly Rae Jepsen. And then... Uh, Jackie Lumsden was on the show and she was like, oh no, Carly Rae Jepsen's like the best pop artist of our generation. You need to listen to yeah. these two albums. And then I did. And I was like, oh shit. Right. Okay. I um, <laughs> thought I got it. And then even that was incredibly patronizing. Um, yes. So, so yeah, I'm, 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 I'm coming around to it. Like most of the time I know that I'm wrong. If I assume <laughs> that, like I'm conscious of it. Do you know what I mean? I have um, to be the same way. Yeah. Yeah, you have to remind yeah. yourself. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, there were a couple other uh, uh, Sarah Bareilles songs that I've listened to. Um, mm. She Used to Be Mine. From... Beautiful song. 
Uh, Beautiful song from Waitress. Yeah. yeah. Well, she wrote, I mean, yeah, she's also somebody else who's written a whole musical. And like, yeah. I love that soundtrack. I've never even seen the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have to because I'm like, no, the soundtrack's enough. Um, <laughs> yeah. She, she's just, and she's just like, the other thing is, she's just like an incredible vocalist. Like, she's got like a four octave range. She's insane, yeah. insanely mm-hmm. talented, can play like three instruments. <laughs> like, I just, yeah, I can't wait to give her the crown she is due in some <laughs> Grammy form or I don't know. Like, we need to mold her a seat. A big yeah. throne somewhere. She's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, you should listen to that album, um, Amidst the Chaos. It's just got some really... I think it's her best album. Like no, She's I'll got some really go. interesting songs. Yeah. Um, I, find, I, I, find, I find the lyric poetry by Dead Men really compelling as well. I think that's something that yeah. I've really like, fixated on a lot because I'm not... I haven't looked into it, and maybe I should have, but yeah. I'm not 100% sure what she's getting at because it sounds like a song... There's obviously like a yearning in the song, and there's a, a sense of like, like you kind of you fucked it, mate. Um, yeah. But then, poetry by dead men makes me think of like, like a real sort of like pretentious man that she wanted to be with, like a yes. Rather than just like I, poetry, do you know what I mean? I I get the same way. I feel like there's two ways you can sort of read. Well, there's multiple ways, but that is initially what I thought too. But I also yeah. think like, I think there's a real um like when you go through a heartache or when you're in love as well, a lot, of, a lot of people will reference like old poets. Like a lot of romantic poems are not modern. They're, you know, Emily Bronte and like all these old literature, old things. And it's, I, I think it's in a compelling lyric because it's like, what would they know about my current situation now? Cause those mm. poets are long dead. And I think like right. love has changed and the format of love is different now. And mm. I just, yeah, there's lots of ways. I just think it's for me personally, I think musically it's just like, um, that melody that keeps coming back with that um, oh, like she poetry by dead men, like all yeah. of this, such interesting choices, and yeah. yeah, I think I think it could be about many things, but yes, I also got the pretentious dick from the song as well. I was like, girl, yeah. you should leave him. Yeah, He's, he sounds awful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was almost. I was, it almost made me think as well. Like, is there is there a part of it is like the romanticism of that. Mm. Uh, yeah like you want a visual. poetry boy yeah but do, does it slightly does the visual slightly sour in the context of having to leave him mm. do you know what I mean because then that, and then that yeah. like ending on dead men makes it feel a lot less romantic than it yes. would if you just said like beautiful poetry do you know what I mean yeah yeah I think I think she's just she's just a genius she's yeah. a genius yeah. She's so good at her job. I think that's that's like that's a sign of a really good song. Like I I love <clears throat> I'm 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 big into lyrics and I love that when there's like when there's something about a lyric or something about a song where you can like you can just sort of Only. like you can analyze it and think about it yeah. and it just sort of sticks with you. Um And it also feels very genuine to that artist too. Like I really feel like I could never have come up with that phrase. Even though it seems like right. a very simple phrase, I would never no, I know what come you mean. up with poetry by dead men. That's such a Sarah yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, of course she puts it so eloquently. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, she's so lucky to have developed her voice yeah, um, in yeah. such a way that I can hear it immediately. Mm. Um, but, yes, I just, we need to pay her what she's due. <laughs> we need to make her, like, the most amazing, successful, famous person on the planet. She's incredible. Okay. I will, I will <laughs> do my best. I'm not sure exactly what I can do. Demanding it. <laughs> Listen to all of her albums. No. <laughs> Play all the roles in Waitress. No, all good. <laughs> I'll do that for the two-year anniversary. That will be the, the oh, that'll be thing fun. That I do. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I'll listen um, in. 
Song two then is a song that took you a while. So you've gone for Hard Times by Paramore. Yeah. I mean, I've always been a huge Paramore fan. Massive. Um, mm. I, Like my teen years are really defined by that band. And I think when Hard Times first came out, because Hard Times is like the first release from the album After Laughter. And when it dropped, I just remember immediately being like, oh, oh, they've gone pop. Like they've gone really pop. And I don't know if, I actually don't know if I like this song. There were lyrics I had problems with at first. Mm. And then I don't know what happened. It just, it was on the radio a bit and I kept hearing it a lot. And then I just kept listening. I found myself just listening to it and being like, no, I want to like it because I like this band so much. And then the more I listened to it, I was just like, no, actually, I wouldn't have wanted them. It's the same thing we were talking about before. Like, I'm glad you didn't do what I thought you were going to do. Yes. Like, I would never have wanted them to stay within that pop punk box because there's only so far you can go within mm-hmm. that genre. And you could just tell this album was going to be so different because they'd been listening yeah. to so much more. And, and Haley herself had been through so much. And she's quite a rampant lyric- lyricist for the band. And, like, I just think, oh, okay. And then when the album came out, it was easily, it still is my favorite Paramore album. Um of theirs which is like weird because i would never have picked it to be the Mm. case there was something about the way she sang at first that i was like what you've got a beautiful voice why are you like speak talking like i don't get it and yeah the more i listen to it the more i love it and now i know every word i love it it's the best song (laughs) yeah i think that's i've I've talked about this a lot um in the show but like that's a really uh big part of growing up i think in a way is um it's you know there's there's just things you learn as an adult like uh that you have yeah. to sort of accept like like paying your way in the world like when your own shit breaks you have to fix it and yeah band did not make music exclusively for you um, yes y- you know it's just you have to kind of accept it and yeah um I've gone, I've gone through the same with with loads of different bands, but yeah, you're right. It would be, it'd be boring if they just kept doing the same stuff, and it would be it's boring just not the same well. world. Yeah, yeah, and like it, and yeah, and then it's so funny because the album came out when I was, like, I think, after Love came out in 2017, so I was 21, mm-hmm. and I didn't, I don't think I really got it at the time. I loved it, but I didn't, I didn't. Yeah. feel an instant connection, yeah. and now I'm 26, and I go back and listen to that album still, and I'm like, oh. She gets me. Like, <laughs> that song is my life at the moment. Like, hard time, like, when your car breaks down and you have to pay the bills and then the rego's due and then another bill comes in or, like, you lose your job or, like, I've been through so much more in my adult life now that I can relate right. a lot of what she talks about to my own experience. Yeah, it's, yeah. I'm so glad. It's like she made an album for, like, the millennial emo kids, which <laughs> I was really happy about. Like, yeah. Because we weren't yeah. going to stay emotional forever, you know? <laughs> no, yeah. You, you got to grow up at some point. Yeah. You got to grow up. <laughs> yeah stop me crying and just get on with it um but yeah it's it's an unreal album unreal song Mm, yeah really well produced too i have never really looked into who produces paramore's recent stuff but it sounds so good right the guitars are so crisp Mm. all the time and it doesn't sound overwhelming at all it's it's just everything gels really nicely Mm. i think anyway some people would disagree with me but (laughs) Yeah, I I think a lot of people went through the same journey with 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 hard times because I remember the reception mm-hmm. was kind of lukewarm when it came out. There were some people yeah. into it, and then um, I remember the criticism at the time being like, I remember people being like, it sounds like a song you would get on a Crash Bandicoot uh, soundtrack, <laughs> and and I was like, yeah, yeah, I guess that is a bad thing. <laughs> and now now with the benefit of hindsight and like a, a bit more maturity, I look back on it, I'm like, I like Crash Bandicoot. Me I too. Like, <laughs> like exactly. 
Those are two good things. Why would I not enjoy them together? Why why do and they I, have to be in that specific box for me to Yeah, and those? I and I I feel like punk and rock often gets lumped in with like the punk rock purists as well like that yeah. like of all the people who are the most resistant to the genre changing even slightly i feel like more often than not it's rock fans and and um and pop punk fans which i find really funny because like i'm not a huge fan of pearl jam but one of my favorite albums by eddie vetta is the ukulele album right where i'm like he did the whole album of ukulele songs and i'm like how did his fan base react to that at the time like i feel mm. like it must have been pretty ballsy to come out with a whole ukulele album yeah. um and and now what's really interesting is now that they've done this genre shift paramour with After Laughter, their most recent song, This Is Why, was mm. sort of like an extension of this. And they've gone sort of more like, I don't even know how to, I can't, this is what I mean. Like, I can't even really box it in with anything. I can't really, yeah. I don't really feel like I can name what it is, but they've, they just, they experimented with After Laughter, the album. And now they've like, I think they really have locked into what they want to do to progress mm. further. And they've gotten a bit weird. And I like weird. Yeah. I love weird. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really, really loving their stuff. And I hope that they stay a band forever. Although I do know at some point they're going to break up. It's going to make me real sad. But <laughs> for the moment, get me through my late 20s, Paramore. <laughs> I'm excited. Let's do it. <laughs> just I'm sad, like but I'm dancing. <laughs> five to six years. I should have my shit together by then. And then, you know, yeah. if you really need to go at that point, I'll accept it then. But for now, you just... Yeah. 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 You got to get me through my twenties. If yeah. they if they break up before I'm thirty, I think I couldn't <laughs> handle that. To be honest, <laughs> just ride it out, ride it out, guys. Oh man. I know. Two of them are dating now. Oh, that's dicey. Oh, don't even. I dicey. am obsessed. I'm obsessed with it because they've been dating for ages. Um, right. And I always thought that they were like when I was a teenager when I went and saw them live back like I don't know ten years ago. Yeah, I thought they were dating then, and uh, it was always just like this. Haha, no, not at all. And then she got married, and then she divorced. So we were a bit like, "Was she dating him again?" <laughs> um, <laughs> and so now I'm just really happy that she seems to be happy. And he's always cool, Taylor. He's he's the coolest of the group, I think. Mm. He was brought in to save the band and ended up with the leading lady. I mean, come on, it's like an amazing love story. That's the dream. Absolutely. Unreal. There's your musical. Yeah. It's about a pop punk band that go through <laughs> some tough times. I would watch That's it. That's going to sell. Oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Paramore um, should probably write it, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love how you said tough times as well. Like, there's, yeah, there's no, no I didn't want copyright. Hard no. No, I, I've thought about it. No. Absolutely no copyright at all. <laughs> Oh, Alright, song three is a song from Introduction to Music, so you went for Fire and Rain by mm. James Taylor. I just, yeah, my dad plays a 12-string, um, he plays lots of six strings as well, but he, he famously, well famously, he's he's played in pub rock bands, but he, um, my whole childhood played a 12-string Taylor guitar. Right. Which I only recently found out is not James Taylor's line of guitars. My whole right. life I thought that was him, it's not. Anyway, okay. but he, he loved a whole a whole lot of like sort of 70s um sort of folk music he was a big on cat stevens as well and right um and big on australiana pub rock as well so he did a lot of covers in bands around bathurst where i grew up and yeah fire and rain um was probably one of the first songs i learned to harmonize to a lot among many my dad used to just he still is such a fan of just cracking out a whiskey at night and bringing out the acoustic guitar just to himself like mm-hmm. and playing in the living room and learning songs and practicing and Right. So yeah, it was it was probably my first real introduction to like songwriter music that made me feel a bit different to how the songs on the radio made me feel. Like I feel like yeah. 
there's something so like lightning in a bottle about the 70s era of songwriting that I just I haven't really heard captured again very often mm. there's it's very pure and very live like when you listen to fire and rain by james taylor or really anything by james taylor to be honest he is you can just sort of tell that he's just played it live the guitar and the vocals all in one go mm. and ca- like captured what he got and i really yeah. think there's something really cool about that um yeah. and yeah that on top of the fact that he's like in his 70s now and still sounds exactly the same like <laughs> exactly the same live is a yeah a testament to him i think he's mm. a genius um, but yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful song. It always reminds me of my dad every time I hear it. Every so, time. When you say like the first song you learned to harmonize with, so was that singing? Yeah. Get, when, so when your dad gets the the whiskey and the acoustic guitar, is that like an event? Is that like are you joining it's, in? I mean, sometimes when I was when I was living with him, because um, my my parents are split up. My mum also loves music, um, which uh-huh. I think I've got a song about her a bit later. But yeah, they've split up, but they have quite similar sometimes sort of blending music tastes so yeah when I would stay at my dad's every other weekend um yeah it was a bit of an event like if we were all home we'd all hang out and like Mm. I'd have a hot chocolate or whatever it was mostly when I was a kid um and we'd sing songs together yeah and so I just sort of would sing along for as long as I can remember I really have no recollection of when I started doing this it's just you know you're like a sponge when you're a kid so I just started singing along and dad learnt songs for me as well I remember dad um I remember in 2002 because he would drag me to gigs sometimes too because he had to because he was looking after me so in 2002 he learnt Avril Lavigne's Complicated for me (laughs) so that I had something to do at some point during the evening which was sing a song and it must have been so funny to like people in this random pub where like the six-year-old just gets up and starts singing like so random but everyone was fine with it and yeah so he is a big part of um liking music and wanting to learn it and when I started playing piano he and my mum were both very supportive about like go to lessons and like let's actually train you in an instrument although a part of me does think I wanted to it was between drums and piano when I was growing Mm -hmm. up and I really wanted to do drums and my dad made sure I did piano because I later found out he was like, I always just wanted to learn how to play piano. I always wanted to know how to right. do it. And I never learned. So you'll learn. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, why couldn't I have learned like a more portable instrument? But then again, drums, not exactly portable. So I'm, no. I'm glad that I yeah. didn't learn drums. <laughs> <laughs> and I think my parents are happy. I didn't learn the drums too. Yeah, I'm sure. That would have been a nightmare. Yeah. Beauty about a keyboard has a headphone jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's great. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I like I'm I I really like this song, the James Taylor mm. song, and um I really, really like like an old man with a guitar. Um Me too. And I'm specifying old man because I th- like a lot of man with guitar music is very boring. Awful. Very dull. <laughs> and it's like it's it's a difficult thing to get right, right? Because it it looks quite easy. And I feel that way because mm. like if I ever play the acoustic guitar, I feel that way because I'm like, is this this isn't good this is just like it's you know sometimes it's, it's fun there. for me but it's just there yeah like yeah. which is why I'm, I'm not the guy who will bring it out at a party but uh, it'll just be for me but um, it used to be me as a teenager i wish yeah. i was the guy at the party but now i'm like thank god i wasn't thank christ for that yeah, yeah. um but yeah like when there's um something like james that you, you said you can tell he's just he's just playing it in one take and it's just like yeah it feels very natural and very soulful and there's something like it's got like that sort of folk music element of it that you can imagine like it there's like it's it's weird saying this but it's it feels like something shared 
in yes. what you're listening to like a hundred percent bigger than just like it feels yeah it's, it's almost like i am i am not a spiritual person but when i hear mm. like his music probably more than a lot of artists i in, probably in my like top three his music will make me like cry or laugh more and yeah. easier than anybody else i yeah. like he has a song um uh oh my god uh something in the way she moves mm. not the um beatles song but right. uh, something in the way she moves or calls my name or walks my way it's a beautiful song and i've always just i, just, I can't listen to it because i mm. sob like i'm like no i don't actually want to cry today yeah. <laughs> i'm actually good i feel happy today i don't need this um yeah. but yeah it, he is it, it's spiritual it's almost, it's like you experience his music you don't just listen to it it's yeah. you can see yourself and the funny thing about fire and rain that i quite like as well is that it feels like you're around a fire on a rainy day like it feels mm. like there's a fire crackling and he's walked out with all of his lived experience and just started playing this song and you're just there yeah. And you're like, okay, all right, cool. Let's do uh, it. Yeah, it's it's one of the best songs of all time. It's yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. No, I really song. Liked it. All right, song four is a song that makes you happy. So yeah. you've gone for "Back Pocket" by Wolfpack. Yeah, they're so good. They're just they're just fun, and they're so fucking talented. Like mm. I could I can't write like them. They are geniuses of their yeah. instruments and they just they're so silly i just like i follow them on instagram and their music videos are all so fun and silly and upbeat you're never really expecting to hear like a ballad like a sad song from full mm. peck they yeah. you listen to them for a good time like specifically to feel happy and their concerts are the same like you look at their concerts and everyone's just having the time of their life on stage and off it's yeah. awesome and the song is interesting i just it's just so fun yeah yeah <laughs> what, what did you think of it I love it. It's it's actually it's the second time this song has been picked for this category. Actually. Oh, see, yeah. they're doing something right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, and I'd, I'd listen to a little bit of because obviously then the members of Wolfpack have like their own side projects yeah. and um, they remind me of um, Toto in that way. Right. That they've all got their own. Yeah, so Toto, the band um, behind yeah. Africa and Rosanna, yeah. they're made up of session musicians. Right, so okay. like all of those players, like that's why I was like, no wonder they sounded so fucking good because yeah. all of their players played for other bigger names. Like I think one of them was like a drummer for Michael Jackson at one point and oh, another sure. one had worked with Lionel Richie and like they all worked in the same field. And then they all, it's like they all just got together and went, yeah, we'll just, let's just make an album, whatever, <laughs> like fuck it. And it's just straight up bops. They are yeah. so good and so talented. And Wolfpack remind me of them because it's, they all do have their own like, things going on and then they just yeah, get yeah. together and make these fucking bangers they're insane yeah, yeah. crazy <laughs> they're um, crazy so yeah like i i yeah i love the song i think it's um yeah. it's, it's it sound- really it is as you say it's a bit silly and like it's um it's very high school which is which yeah is fun yeah. um yeah it's just it's just a really fun it sounds it sounds like sunshine like it actually sounds yeah like you can see it and i love yeah. that yeah yeah it's i actually so had good. um th- there was a discord that I was in um like just this week and someone oh, yeah. just posed the question like what's your go-to happy song and this is one of the ones that i mentioned um yeah like and i i put it in the category of like with walking on sunshine like it's it, yeah it has the same impact on me it's you, just it's you can't like, feel sad listening no to exactly it. yeah you just can't yeah <laughs> So there you go. If anyone's depressed, yeah, and you need to physically be cure. made, be made to smile. Yeah, that song will do it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. 
throw those pills away. Yeah. Um. No one needs them. We've got Wolfpack. <laughs> Flush them. Kanye West is listening. No. Um. We. <laughs> sorry. Um. Yes. No. I. It is. It is very hard to feel upset. Mm. Um. When you play that song. Yes. Very hard. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. All right. Uh, we'll go the other way then. So, song five is a song that makes you sad. So, you yeah. went for Give Me a Minute by Lizzie McAlpine. Yes. I had only recently discovered Lizzie. Um, <clears throat> I came across Lizzie on TikTok, weirdly enough. I'd never right. really encountered her music before. And then I, I don't even know what song it was that I found first, but her voice is stunning. So, she does covers and she does her own songs mm. on her YouTube, sorry, on her TikTok channel. So as I just kept scrolling, I was like, I'm going to see what music she's got. And then I started listening to her original stuff. And it's it's like, she's new, but I feel like in about five or six years, she's going to be one of the biggest things in um, in music because she yeah. is so talented. She plays guitar. I think she plays keys as well. And her vocals are in, insane. And that song, um, I remember where I was driving when I first heard it. Which is like, you know, a vibe, sad songs while you're driving. But mm. I was driving along. It was a rainy day. I was driving to work. And it was just the gloomiest scope of things coming together. And that song, I cried in the car. And I was like, oh, that was a beautiful song. Um, yeah. Kind of a cathartic cry, really. But yeah, she's just she's just got one of those voices that makes you want to sort of... It makes you want to cry, which is weird. Like, you yes. actually are happy about it. Um, yeah. And yeah. and I found myself as well, a, a similar thing that a lot of people sort of said about Olivia Rodrigo is, I feel like her music, because she's slightly younger than me, only a little bit younger than me, but slightly, mm. and she's b- clearly been through different experiences to me. So I can't actually relate to a lot of what she sings about. Like, I really can't, like, heartache and heartbreak. I've been with my current partner for eight years. And so right. I want, like, it's the kind of music where I'm like, I, I kind of want to break up so I can cry <laughs> about this properly. Yeah, and so. then I'll then we can get back together so I've experienced that album properly. Right. <laughs> but yeah. it is it is it makes you sort of she's very good at putting you in her shoes and I mm. like that about her too. It's like yeah. you suddenly feel sad because she does. Yeah. Um and yeah. yeah, she's just beautiful, beautiful singer. Yeah. But imagine that'd be quite a hard idea to float over dinner. <laughs> uh, he's in the next room. I'll just go out and stick my head out and be like for the next 10 minutes we're not together. All right? Just for the next, so I can experience this. Thanks. <laughs> and then after that, back on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After that, back pockets on. Can't yeah. be mad at me anymore. Mm. Great. Awesome. That should be I've a thing. Just, just go out and say, give me a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a minute. <laughs> give me 25 for the album. But give me, yeah. give me the minute. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, I like getting into different types of sad music on the show. Um, mm. And I, I love a song that will just like, drag you into something yeah something about her her voice it's just very soulful um yeah and it just sort of like it just it does drag you in a little bit and just that opening of give me a minute mm. just the way she sings it i'm like oh okay yeah we're gonna, we're you gonna know you're in some for things. it yeah 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 absolutely. she's got a lot of a lot of songs like that um yeah. there's another one she's got i was actually like tossing i knew in that category i was like it's gotta be lizzie but i don't know mm. what song <laughs> not to say that all of her music's depressing but um she's got another <laughs> song called all of my oh, all my ghosts okay. and it's actually quite an upbeat little track which is why right. it didn't win um okay sure <laughs> but the lyrics take you on this journey of like a love had and then a love lost and it's Mm. oh and it kind of gut punches you which is why i like it um Mm -hmm. but yeah she her vocal tone among everything else is what 
keeps me coming back. She's just got the yeah. warmest. It feels like a hug after a really awful things happened. Her voice, yeah. like, like she's there to comfort you, but also slightly unnerve you a bit. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. She's she's yeah. really really great. And recently, she wrote a song with um, Jacob Collier and John Mayer, and they performed it in three part harmony at one of her gigs, and it was unreal. And I was like, oh, that's. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes yeah. perfect sense yeah. that you would know those people. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, she's doing quite well. I can't wait to mm. see her. Just, I mean, I don't know her personally, but I, I just, yeah, I can't believe I found her on TikTok of all places. And then mm. mm-hmm. I just think she's just going to be huge in the next couple of years. Yeah. Probably not even five, probably like two or three. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, I found her first. No. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. On TikTok, we're nowhere yeah, um, no one's there. Yeah. What do you mean? That's a niche, niche platform. <laughs> yeah, just check there. She's got um, uh, 3.8 million monthly listeners yeah. on Spotify. So, yeah. Very popular. You were there first. The on the other um, Yeah. <laughs> I discovered her. I just want everyone to know that. Um, <laughs> yeah, all right. God, um, I hope that the sarcasm is coming through the microphone. Uh, to yeah. those listening, I'm yeah. not actually this much of an arsehole. Um. <laughs> I am. Song six oh, is good. a song to, <laughs> song to relax to. Uh, so you went for Can't Fight by Leanne LaHavis. Leanne LaHavis. Yeah. She, I was uh, introduced to Leanne LaHavis' music through... I, I didn't have singing lessons growing up. I, I just learned through like listening and with my dad and with my mom in the car and... Mm. Um, so I really hadn't trained my instrument, but then I went to music college for a uh, <laughs> uh, great but fleeting like three months, and right. I I didn't love the college, but they did supply a singing teacher, and my singing teacher happened to be just this incredible vocalist. Her name's Diana Ruvas, and she actually went on to win The Voice in Australia, and like it's like she's actually, oh, like, I just can't believe I fluked that one out. Like that was insane. Wow. We, we were never we were never supposed to meet. Um, but she taught me, like, my voice was absolutely cooked at the time. I didn't know how to keep it healthy. I didn't know how to um, stop it from, like, I just literally, like, I would come to her lessons and have no voice because I was partying and I was, like, just thrashing it around. I'd never been taught how to endure uh, right, vocally. Okay. And I'd never done a warm-up in my bloody life. Like, I'd never even done a vocal warm-up in my entire life. And so she taught me how to restore my voice. But, like, because of that, all of my favorite singers and songwriters were, like, at the time, like, it was very Amy Winehouse, Earth, Wind & Fire, jazz, funk, like, yelling, rock, like, all of it. All of my favorite vocalists had, like, belty voices. Beyonce was also a huge influence on me. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't sing anything of hers because it was – my voice couldn't do it. And so she was like, I think you need to start introducing yourself to some voices – that right. are more chill that you like the style of so that you don't feel like this is a complete like um, failure that yeah, you, sure. you can't sing any of your favorite songs. Yeah. And so she said somebody who's got a really beautiful, healthy and also calm voice no matter what they're singing is Leanne Harvest. And we started listening to her and I immediately fell in love with her. It was like the first time I think I fell in love with like a mellow vocalist, like a really mm. mellow vocalist. Mm-hmm. But she's fucking phenomenal. She's unreal. Yeah. Plays her own guitar, writes her own songs. Um, and that song, Can't Fight, is just this really beautiful, a little bit repetitious, but it's a gorgeous, like, floating little song, and it's just really simple, and I really, yeah. really love it. Yeah. Harmonies are beautiful, too. She's always got good harmonies, though. But, yeah, yeah she's she's really, really good for relaxing as well. She's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I see, it's, a, it's a beautiful song. I, like, I, 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 love, I love finding songs like this. Yeah. Um, 
just again I use the word soulful again but um mm. just really really beautiful and just like just you just lie down on a beach and you know let this it wash is over you it's it's very incredible. beachy that yeah. song yeah, yeah. she's um, yeah she's really really good at just making you feel like you've had a weight lifted like listening yeah. to her it doesn't feel um doesn't feel burdening her songs yeah. they feel just really she's also got a really good cover i know you've asked me for a cover later on but mm-hmm. i almost picked this as well she does a cover of radiohead's weird fishes on that okay. same album that can't okay. fight on and it is it is so good. <laughs> like okay. it's so good. It's not too different from the original, but right. her vocals on that song are stunning. Right. Okay. So beautiful. Excellent. And I know that you literally asked me to pick specific songs and now I keep just veering off into these tangents of oh, but here's I, this other song I love it. that you should listen I'm, to. I'm okay with it. I'm okay yeah, with whoops. it. Yeah, whoops. Stick with a brief, Gav. God damn. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I love I love finding stuff like this. I, I'm going to reference another song as well because it, um, mm. it put me in the mind of um, uh, Torah Eye. Oh um, yeah, which is a song "Call Your Name." That was I don't like know that one. Back in episode eight, and honest, it's just it's it's stuck with me since. Um, yeah, it's, wow. a, it's a not dissimilar vibe, but it's just like this. It's just such a beautiful song with like a, an incredible, like mellow vocalist. Um, yeah just something about it that just like just completely takes me away i don't know what it is yeah yeah i love it when that happens sometimes yeah absolutely well you're like Um, i forgot i had bills (laughs) it's great (laughs) i'm not being evicted who cares (laughs) leanne lahavis is singing everyone shut up (laughs) (laughs) the bailiff's at the door and you're like just not just just, just, just. (laughs) (laughs) Meet a deadlines. I've, yeah. got to, I've got to release a bunch of like blurbs and things by the end of this week. And I'm like, actually, I need to listen to like four albums before I can do any of that. <laughs> sorry about it. Really sorry. Yeah, I do that all the time. Like once once I've <laughs> listened to these four albums, then my mind will be free and then I can relax and then I can focus <laughs> exactly. on Exactly. It's a task. Mm. 100%. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Cross it off. Uh, man, I, my brain is so dumb. Like I work a nine to five and I'm like, like I work from home and I'm like, like once once I've played like half an hour of Fortnite, then my mind will be free and I can focus on this admin. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm exactly the same. I trick every, myself everything, every time. Everything's a, everything's a chore until it's not. I'm yeah. always like, no, I have to. Uh, this is my scheduled relaxing time because yeah. I can't. <laughs> I can't just switch it off. I'm the, I'm exactly the same. It's so oh, funny. Schedule relaxing time. No. Yeah. But, like it just reminds me of revising when I was like when I was in school and my my mum or dad would come up and be like, "Why aren't you studying? And Why aren't like, you working? This is my schedule relaxing yeah. time. Like this nah, is relaxed. This is, what this is how for the last three hours. This is how I learned. Yeah. <laughs> was what I used to say to mum. I'd be like, "Mum, I am an oral <laughs> learner. I can't learn unless I'm listening." Yeah, I learned by listening to to music yeah. and playing Minesweeper yeah. and not yeah. looking at my books. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm. everybody just needs a break. Yeah. Get a clue, mum. Yeah, mum. I know I haven't written my six essays that are due, but you know what? <laughs> I'm learning the book of life right now, okay? So just, you know, cool your jets. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln says, if I had yeah. four hours to cut down a tree, I would spend three hours sharpening the axe. This is me sharpening my axe. Spending, yeah, I'm just, think of it as, yeah, that's exactly right. 
Christ, oh, that really God. has been my go-to ever since yeah. I, was, I could figure it out. Like, I actually, I have got a funny music story, actually. When I was in high school, sorry, when I was in high school, this chord's a bit janky. When I was in high school, I had to obviously write essays um, for my end of year exams. And I remember in year 12, I had Othello, maybe it was year 11, I had Othello, uh, an essay on Othello I had to write. And so, the, you know, what you should have done yeah. is write your essays over and over and over again, perfect them so that you can memorize them and write them down in your exam, clearly. And yes. I could just never, like, I could write a few. My essays weren't amazing, but I could never remember them in the moment. Like I tried this several times and I was like, no, nah, it's gone. Mm. I have nothing. There's nothing going on in here. And then one day a teacher, I can't even remember which one, so sorry to whoever this is that I'm about to misdirectly attribute this to, but one of them was like, well, you're a musician. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay. Sure. And they were like, you're a musician, put it to music, put the lyric, like make the words of your essay, the lyrics of a song so that you can like sing the song through and write it down. And I shit you not, that is the most amazing skill (laughs) that I was ever taught. I remember to this day, the first couple of sentences of that exam, because I put it to get this Maroon 5's She Will Be Loved, because in my head I was like, it can't be a song that I love because (laughs) I'll hate it. Yeah. So I'll just pick like the first thing I see uh-huh. and I like just went online and I was like a song and then for some reason it was She Will Be Loved and I was like, all right. And so, yeah, the first sentences were the central idea in Othello by William Shakespeare and House of Cards, the UK one, by Paul <laughs> Seed is the representation of appearance versus reality. And it's still in my brain. I It's been like 10 years. Get out. <laughs> I need space for other things. Anyway, so <laughs> if you're a student or if you've got a really big exam or a really big thing to have to memorize, I cannot yeah. recommend it enough yeah. memorizing it to a song. And you can't make it a song that you like because you'll never like it again. But yeah. <laughs> songs you hate that you can remember, <laughs> it's so useful. I don't yeah. even know how we got here, but yes, that was I'm, me I'm sharpening my axe. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I got away with it because then mum was just like, oh, for fuck's sake, I hate that that worked now. <laughs> Now I'm just I'm just listening for more songs to use, Mum. I'm just trying to find the next one, the next magic. You never know what is going to strike inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me right now trying to write by playing video games, going no, I might have a song about video games. Like stop hassling me. It's it'll come when it comes. I'm not even playing the game. I'm listening to the music. Yeah, I'm listening. Yeah, that eight bit. That I mean, is that oh, going to go so with my essay? Maybe. Maybe. Wow. You could probably write something to the Mario theme. Yeah, I don't think absolutely. it would be. Yeah, like the central idea in Othello by William Shakespeare. I think it'd be. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, great. Whatever floats your boat. That's so good. <laughs> oh, oh man! My God. Anyway, oh, man, we're halfway through. <laughs> yeah, we're getting there. Um, all right, song seven is a song from your preteen years. So you went for oh, yeah. all you wanted by Michelle Branch. <sighs> this. I this song betrayed me in so many ways because when I was a kid I remembered this song being like the best song the greatest song I had ever heard my right. ears were blessed I was like this is this is real music this is and yeah. then I I didn't listen to it for like 10 years I just forgot about it as you do and then I went back to it as an adult and I was like oh my god I used to love that song like I illegally downloaded that song that's how much I love that song yeah um and burned it to a CD just specifically for that song and I um I listened to it as an adult and I was like this song is mid this song is average (laughs) 
it's a really average it's a beautiful it's like it's cool yeah. I, li- I like michelle um mm. but i listen to it now and all i hear is just i wanted to be like you i want and i'm like oh man yeah. she knew a demographic <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, it yeah, but it does take me back. It just it just takes me back to being a literal child and playing it on a um on a CD. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my burnt CD from LimeWire. Good stuff. <laughs> oh man. Oh my god. I remember. She had this song, and she had um another one that was weirdly similar, obviously, uh, which was um everywhere to me, and when I close my eyes, and that used to play in the shops all the time too when we go shopping. So right. I think it was like, it's weirdly, it's just one of those songs that will come up every now and again. And I'll be like, oh, yes, I forgot <laughs> about you. Whoopsie. So if I'm ever listening to that voluntarily, it means mm. I'm having a crisis. It's usually a straight up indicator that I'm going through it. Uh, my boyfriend will hear me yeah. listen to Michelle Branch and he'll be like, are you all right? <laughs> Everything okay? You're opting for this one? All right. No worries. No hate to Michelle. I'm sure she's done stuff since. I just haven't looked. I should. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Curious. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that that vocal style is very of its time, isn't it? Because I, I it is. I talked about this a bit when I was talking about um, the Jonas Brothers. So yes. I think the Jonas Brothers sing like they're fighting stomach cramps in the early. So days. true. Yeah. Um, Red dress. Yes. Yeah. Hundred um, <laughs> percent. But I there was someone else on the sh- on the show who was saying that it sounds she was saying it sounds to, to her like they've been given the direction to sing like kind of like pop punky in the yes. vocal style and they're like yeah i know how to do that and then <laughs> like that, that's what basically happened. what happened yeah and i feel like michelle's maybe a little bit similar where they're like you know do you know how to put like a bit of like gravel in the voice and she's like uh Sh- yep. sure yeah yep. i do Yep. Oh, if then... it keeps my record deal, absolutely, oh, I can do that. A hundred percent. I yeah. I mm. I did say we were listening to that song in the car. I was going through a crisis, and we were listening to that song in the car. And um, I sort of turned to my boyfriend, and I was like, I just don't think whether the maybe the industry changed for the better, sure, but yeah. I do not think pop sounds like that anymore. It just doesn't. No. There's no like as generic as it gets these days is still quite interesting, which is yes. quite funny. Yeah. Like, the top 40 tracks are all rather interesting tracks. Like, Harry Styles is one of the most popular artists out there. And even his music isn't, like, not all the time. It's not simple. Like, it's not no. a four yeah. chords, a guitar, a bass, some drums, you mm-hmm. know, maybe some piano if you're feeling sad. Like, yeah, it just doesn't sound like that anymore. And I think there's something to be a little bit um, grieved about that time. Like, we didn't really know how fun and boppy and simple it was until we yeah. lost it, really. True. I true. think. Yeah. But maybe I'm just, again, maybe I'm just talking out my ass. I am only 26. <laughs> I haven't lived that long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Me being like, I am the wisdom of music. <laughs> my opinion is everyone's opinion. I got to figure oh it out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I was listening to this this playlist in the, in the car. Um, mm. uh, <laughs> this is how it works in, in my car. My wife. Uh, who normally controls the um, the aux cable? What we listen to said, "I'm going to sleep. Do you want to listen to your music?" <laughs> That's our dynamic. So I um, I put this playlist on, and uh, oh my god! And then she heard this song, and I, when it finished, she said, "That sounded like it was trying to be seven different songs." Yes. And it was like, it, yeah, that's it pretty does. Much it. 
It yeah. just is. It's a song that did not know what it was, mm. and for that, I'm grateful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love going back to like like teenage Accurate. music and be like. Oh, right. it's, <clears throat> it's it's equal fine. parts. It's equal parts nostalgic and soul crush. Oh, sorry, and soul crushing uh, mm. because like. There's just something so sad about a song that you loved for so long and then going back and being like, this is bad. Why did I like this? <laughs> it's the same with movies. Like, a movie yeah. that I revisited, and this is a, a, hot, a hot take, to be honest, um, but mm. I used to love, like, adore, I used to adore Moulin Rouge. It was one of my favourite movies of all mm. time. And I, again, didn't watch it for, like, ten years, and I went back as an adult and watched it, and I was like, this is bad. Yeah. This is a bad movie. I yeah. I couldn't get through it, and it made me quite sad. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a, there's just growth to that sometimes. I mean, I, yeah, I you you were recently on the Dude Cinema podcast, right? Yes. So I've had yes, um, I was. I've had, I've had Beck on before. She's great, amazing. And I, I was speaking to her about like they did an episode on Death Proof. So <laughs> she talked film. to me about Death Proof too, right? Um, oh man. So yeah, I. That episode completely changed how I liked that movie because <laughs> I genuinely thought it was one of his better films. And then, as they were describing it, I was like, "Oh, oh yeah, my God, this is through the lens of a violent misogynist." Um, yes, yeah. Uh, so and yeah, like it was. I haven't even watched it since, but you just that flicked the switch right? for me, where it's like actually that is an I awful believe... piece of shit movie, and actually. Yeah. <laughs> Like a week before I listened to that episode, I had recommended that movie to someone in Discord. I'd been like, um, nightmare. Oh yeah, Death Proof's really good. Um, and nightmare, then nightmare. Listen to it. And then no. I, I had to go in and but with a disclaimer and be like, I would like to officially rescind any like, <laughs> <laughs> any endorsement of this movie. There's nothing worse than not only figuring out that you don't like the film or movie or yeah. song or whatever that you used to like, than recommending it to somebody else before realising this. Moulin Rouge, Unreal. when I sat down to watch it, I sat down to watch it with my boyfriend who'd never seen it before. And I spent oh, like no. 10 minutes, 10 minutes leading up to it being like, now this, you have to believe, this was my favourite film for so long, so you have to like it. And he was like, I'll decide. And I remember watching his face just drop while we were watching the film. And I was also like... I'm going to try and make this work. I don't hate... No, that's not weird. It's just it's just a little bit weird. And then about halfway through the film, I was like, you're right, it's bad. You're right. Yeah. You're right. It's bad. It wasn't yeah. at me. It wasn't aimed at my age group. And we yeah. can admit that. Oh, it's the worst <laughs> feeling. Because you just want to be... You want to be that friend, you know? You want to be that person that's like, here, listen to this. And they go, I did listen to that. And that was amazing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, I've I did, never been that girl. <laughs> I did that with my wife and uh, Thor Ragnarok. Oh I loved, yeah! I loved it the first time I watched it, and I uh, like spoke to her ages about it, and like, like we have to watch this together. You'll love it; it's so good. And then the second time I watched it, I was like, "It's fine." It's all right. <laughs> like a lot. Like the, the the first sort of joke in it fell a little bit flat with her, and I was like, "Oh no!" Oh, you're in for it now. <laughs> oh no! Not only have I wasted many many weeks of conversation about this film, I have wasted our night. Um, oh my so God. I did turn to her and I was like, I, I might have been wrong. We can, yeah. we can abort. The, the, and she was like, no, obviously you really want to watch this. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> fuck, I've really dug just, the hole. Oh, there's nothing worse. Abort. Nothing worse. It's yeah. the it's the worst. <laughs> it is the <laughs> worst experience. I feel you respect, about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's such a cringe inducing. I remember. Oh, no, I, remember, I can't. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, there's a cover. 
Um, yes. So you've gone for Age of Worry by mm. Yeba. Yeah, I I really really love Yeba. I really want Yeba to release more music. Um, Yeba is if you're not sure who Yeba is, uh, her real name's Abby Smith, mm-hmm. and her name Yeba is her name backwards. Amazing. It's, it's nice when that actually works out for someone. If you put my name backwards, it's Ebag. Not exactly a great <laughs> great one, but uh, yeah. So she is this absolutely again similar to Leanne, similar to a lot. Of, I mean, I'm noticing a common theme here is that a lot of the vocalists they pick all have a very similar sort of warm soulful very pitch accurate um vocals Mm -hmm. i really really love that but she's this incredible musician she can sing anything anything any octave any time anywhere any place and she did a cover of a john mayer song and the reason i really like this is not only is her cover obviously beautiful and she changes key like four times it's very interesting Mm. but i also like john mayer is like my guilty pleasure like as a musician i really enjoy listening to most and i'm going to clarify that again most of his music um and recently, I, I also have a podcast with another musical comedian, Floyd Alexander Hunt, called I've Got Notes. And we did an episode, like every episode's dedicated to an artist, and we just mm-hmm. go through some of their back catalogue and talk. It's mostly just like, it's like when you bring like year eights gossiping shit and a book club together. That's pretty much what our podcast is. Like, we just talk shit. I love it. Um, and we give, yeah, we give notes where they don't belong. We're not at all qualified to do so. So we listened to John yeah. Mayer and the two of us were really into him. Like we have such a nostalgic thing attached because his music is so beautiful. The music is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And then it's like if you read the lyrics out most of the time or his, you know, external activities of treating women like shit a lot of the time. Sure. Just all of a sudden throughout the course of this hour we were listening to him, we were like, oh, no. Like. <laughs> We were like, we can't, I can't support this anymore. I mean, I still listen to his music, but I can't, like, it's just like, oh, he's a bit of a shit person. Um, And so when, like, literally the next day, Yeba came out with this cover of one of his songs, Age of Worry, which is one of my favorite songs by him anyway. Beautiful song about, like, calming down and, you know, recognizing where you are in this place and time rather than wanting more or longing for the past, like, being in the present. Yeah. It's a beautiful song um, by a trash person. And so I was like, oh, I can I can listen to this guilt-free. I can right. listen to this and still love it. And so, yeah. And it's also just like a really good cover. You should go listen to it anyway if you haven't because it's, yeah, pretty unreal. Yeah. Pretty insane cover. <laughs> <laughs> but that's oh, my that's long-winded good. story as to why I picked no, that. No, I, I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I... I I bristled a little bit when you said guilty pleasure because like I don't I don't like that as a concept. I think, you know Yeah. If you like something you should just like it and like that's how I felt about Carly Ray Jepsen for a long mm-hmm. time and now I'm like who gives a shit? Yeah, um, I like things unapologetically. Like, exactly. Yeah. Mm. But um I think that is a valid use of the phrase guilty pleasure where you're like, I really like this music and I probably shouldn't. This is mm-hmm. yeah, this is not I'm self aware. Yeah. Like the same man that wrote um, there's a beautiful song he wrote. Well, Age of Worry. Alive in the Age of Worry. Rage in the Age of Worry. Act your age yeah. in the Age of Worry. And say, worry, why should I care? Beautiful yeah. lyric. He yeah. also wrote, fathers be good to your daughters. Trash. <laughs> Trash. It's so, it's, yeah. He, the more I read about him, the more I don't like. Like, everything I've learned that's ill will against him is against my will. I don't mm. Like, I'm like, oh, man, I missed when you were just a random guitarist in my iPod. <laughs> then you had to go treat all these girls like shit and say yeah. the N-word, man. Why? <laughs> I have to go do that. You cannot trust anyone with a pedestal anymore. No. Oh my God. Anyway. No, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, yes, that is why I use the phrase. <laughs> yeah. No, I like it. Um, 
I'm, I'm glad as well. I really, really like Yeba. Um, I had another song on before that had Yeba on it. It was uh, Smoke by Luke Levinson. Beautiful um, song. And uh, she is an absolute scene stealer in that song. Like, it's, I, think it's, I think it is his song, but... Mm-hmm. Like it, she does this a lot. It's, it's hers. Like, she's mm-hmm. just incredible. So... Yeah, it's it's one of those where like she's one of those artists that I would listen to her sing more or less anything. And yeah. this is obviously a beautiful song and beautifully written and yeah, she's a very uh, unique voice. Yeah. She's she's she know and she knows how to use it like an instrument too. Like she's not afraid to make different sounds a lot of the mm. time too. Mm-hmm. Um she has a song called um uh Evergreen, one of her right. original songs, and that is a like a ten out of ten song. I literally can't fault it. It's every time I listen to it, I'm like, yes. Mm. The production, the vocals, the harmonies, it's beautiful. But she also did it she does that a lot where she'll hop on as a feature on a cover or on another person's song and steal it completely. Mm. She's on a version of um How Deep Is Your Love by the Bee Gees. Oh nice. Um but she does it with I think it's PJ Harvey. Oh Christ, I don't want to be wrong about that. I might okay. be. You might have to fact check me on that. Sorry to interrupt. I did have to fact check that. It's PJ Morton. Anyway. But he sings the first verse and it's really cool. It's like a very R&B vibe. And then she comes in with, I believe in you. And I'm like, oh shit. (laughs) And then she does all these runs like, you hold the door to my very soul. And then she does these incredible vocal runs. And they're they're Mm. not overdoing it either. She never overdoes it. She's just perfect at just sitting in that pocket and being like, no, that's what I'll give you. Mm. A little taste. She's amazing. <laughs> Excellent, yeah. Amazing, right. amazing singer. Uh, song nine is a song you would sing at karaoke. Mm. So you've gone for You Oughta Know by Alanis Morissette. I mean, an angry song at karaoke is a very fun vibe to bring yeah, <laughs> in sure. a group of friends. Because the other thing is too, I don't do karaoke very often. I would love to do it more. But the thing is no one invites me to karaoke uh, not that it, I don't, well, maybe they do, but nobody really does karaoke that much um, in my friend group anyway, because mm. everyone knows I'm a singer. Right. So they're like, why would I, why would I do that with you? <laughs> um, and I'm like, that's true. But the reason I like this song is that that song, just for what I normally listen to, I mean, I love Jagged Little Pill, but it's like rock isn't really, as much as I listen to it, it's not really my genre. I don't really sing in, in that genre very often at all. Mm. And so doing that song for me is like the closest I can get as a non-singer singing a song randomly to like sure. singing a song that wouldn't suit me. Right, like, okay. And having the best time. I just think mm. there's every aspect of that song you can act out. Everyone knows it. So yeah. everyone's willing to like get on board with you straight away. You're not that guy putting on like, you know, Desperado, which is the worst. You don't want that. So sure. it's like upbeat. You can point at people you don't know and be like, I want you, specifically you, sir, to know. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's just great. Yeah. It's such mm. a good song. Yeah. And when I'm drunk, I can remember every word, which is, you know, it cuts a lot of songs out, funnily enough. It's, yeah. I mean, that's half the battle, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, you ever seen a drunk person do Ice Ice Baby at karaoke? I have. It's a nightmare. <laughs> nightmare. They get through about the first three lines, and then because that song goes for so long. That song is like a four-minute <laughs> song. And they're just standing there going, you never want to pick a rap song. Not when you're drunk. Yeah, yeah. If someone's a karaoke doing a rap song and they turn to face the screen, you're like, "Oh, you're fucked, mate. You're fucked, mate. This is this is a over. mistake." Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they we take the mic suffer. from the mic stand and stand at the front when the when the beat k- kicks in, you're like, "Okay, good. Mm-hmm. They've got this." But yeah, as soon as they turn the screen, if they're squinting, no it's dice. all over. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's so that I... say? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man. So again, this is this is the second uh second song on your list that has been uh picked already for this category. Um, I'm telling you, it's a winner. <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah. Um, do you also get can I guess the others that you've heard before? I reckon I can oh, do this. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I think okay, <clears throat> another one that popped up a lot is Love is a Battlefield by Pat um oh what's her last name? Love is a battlefield. That one's huge in Australia. Like okay. I'll hear that at every character night. Horses is also big here. Daryl Braithwaite. Um not originally by him. Ah, oh, I'm trying to guess others. Karaoke songs, like I don't know, firework, Katy Perry. No. Yeah. No. no. Maybe no. things are different. Maybe. I think Maybe. like there's there's a lot of like strategic choices. Um mm. with uh Oh like Whitney Houston, sure. If I could turn back time is big here. Yeah. 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 Um uh turn back time, um mm. I think it's all coming back to me now by Celine. Oh Dino. my god, Celine. Uh, Absolutely. Michelle Brazier is belting that out. Um I mean, she would. <laughs> I think I've seen her do that with the fans, right? Yeah. She has a version yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. She's yeah. awesome. Oh, uh, my God. One of my favorites is Sam Peterson picked uh, Chandelier. Oh, my it. God. And that's not in his range at all. And that's why he's picked no. it. Because that's funny. No, because a karaoke song, you shouldn't be good at karaoke. You should just be a vibe. It's about the vibe, not the singing, I think. Right. Yeah. Like karaoke, you're, you're acting. It's almost like you're acting and giving them a show. You don't yeah. want to sing. You sing yeah. well at karaoke. Everyone's like, ugh. <laughs> oh i guess yeah. you win then what's the point <laughs> i'm not gonna go after this yeah oh, it man. needs to be it needs to be really fucking good though i think that's the thing like you can't yeah you can't go and sing a good song pretty well because well, that's yeah. boring it needs yeah. to be like it needs to be elite people need yeah. to be like i'm glad i was in the room to hear this person sing this song yes 100 um, percent but yeah, uh, so most people, when they go like strategically, most people are like, you know, I don't have a great voice, so I'm going for like this song that's kind of in my range. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think. There's a couple of people. Uh, another Pat Benatar song, actually. So Jackie Lumsden went for um, Heartbreaker. <gasps> yes. And similar right. thing was like, you know, it's it's a little bit sort of out there for me. So um, yeah. But yeah, I, I love uh, I love the the reverse of it, which is you know, I'm picking a song that I can't really do fully nail, but I'm having fun with it. Yeah, that's. What I also about. I appreciate the out of box, um, the out of box suggestions as well. Like before, yeah. it was a well known joke. The funniest thing somebody could do at karaoke is pick tequila. That is hilarious. Like, that and you can't good. tell me that's not funny. To this day, somebody yeah. gets up and does a five-minute instrumental for which the only word they have to sing is the word tequila. Genius. Yeah. yeah. Absolute chef's kiss. You can't get better <laughs> than that. You've nailed it. Yeah, I've I've had the a couple introverts pick. A couple. Yeah, I've had a couple recently. Where, um, I, I did have one that was purely an instrumental. Um, absolutely no <laughs> lyrics whatsoever. Where they were like just yeah you just, just what, like a chicken dance like what are they, no they just stand there. that's uh yeah it's genius Five minute song. it's genius um, nothing and, would make me laugh harder yeah and the most recent one was uh how much is that doggy in the window perfect oh these yeah. are great i've never thought of kids songs yeah. that opens up a world of opportunity i mean the wiggles are huge here 
we should i should like yes i should do yeah. some like toot toot chugga chugga big red car at the next karaoke i go to yeah 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 awesome. I, I like i like how much is that dog in the window because the joke lands in the first 10 seconds right yeah this this is actually the conversation that led on to talking about you know musical comedy <laughs> um the joke lands in the first 10 seconds but it's a two and a half minute song yeah so you either <laughs> have to riff on it or you commit to just singing it like you Sing were singing it. it hope that it stops being funny and then gets funny again before the in song that ends. time frame yeah. so true and i feel like every time the chorus comes up the, you'd almost it's either everyone would just laugh or they'd get yeah. on board singing it with you like i can see yeah. a whole pub of people being like how much yeah hold the mic out for the woof woof it's so good yeah. that's genius i'm gonna try that next time i go that's so smart yeah yeah it was fun um all right, song 10 is a song that reminds you of a specific place. So mm. you've gone for Strasbourg St. Dennis by yes. Roy Harper. Yeah, so this actually is an instrumental. The reason I picked this is because I used to play in a high school jazz band um, and I wasn't very good at jazz piano. I, I'm much better at jazz singing than I am at jazz piano. Uh, the conductor used to sort of point to me and be like, solo, and I'd freeze. Like I literally would just be like, I can hear it in my head, but I can't make my fingers do it. I don't know what it is. I just don't practice enough. Right, And so... I had to join, because I was the only piano player for a little while, and I had to join, like, the smaller offcut of that group, which was the improv group. Okay. It's, like, my worst nightmare. Like, I don't... Like, I'm like, why am I here? I can't solo. But every improv group... Pardon me, I've got the hiccups. Every, incro, every, every improv group needs a um, needs a rhythm section. So it was a drummer and a piano player and a bassist, and we don't have to do anything. We just have oh, to play okay, the chart. Nice. And so one of the charts we had to play was this one for some really great horn players who I'm still friends with, um, trombonist and a saxophonist. Just in high school, I was like in year 10. And I had never really, like I'd never really, like I loved jazz, but I'd never really loved playing it. There was never really a song that I was like, oh, I love playing this. I love yeah. singing songs, but I didn't really love playing any of them. Yeah. Um, and then I started playing this one and it's instrumental too. So it surprised the heck out of me. But mm -hmm just the chords were so fun it, there was something that felt so contemporary about it like it just felt it almost felt like a pop song that i would hear on the radio it was yeah. i understood it a lot better i think and mm -hmm. so yeah when i first started playing this chart i immediately went home and like looked it up and listened to the roy hargrove uh group play it the the mm -hmm. quartet play it and it was it was just so like i was like oh this is on this is on another level like this is so good and the piano solo in that song is also really great Mm. Um, it's simple and then it's not it's just so simple until it's not yeah. and so I've always been so jealous I'm like god I wish I could play that solo <laughs> I've tried many times I can get the first three notes <laughs> like that's easy yeah. but the rest of it it just gets so tricky and I just yeah. think it's fun it just sounds it's a really really fun song to play and also it's fun to listen to I think yeah yeah it's a gorgeous song um, I, yeah. I, I like um, again I've talked about this before but like I love I love a song that sort of adds an element of beauty to a situation or something. Like, there's quite yeah. a lot of music that you can listen to where... Um, I talk about, like, This Is England as an example. Oh, yeah. So that music... Um, I, I can remember I can remember slightly how the name of the, uh, the artist is pronounced, but I, not well enough to say it. Confidently. That's okay. I've been there. Something Inucci, I think it is. Um, yeah. But uh, the 
the scenes in that in that um, film and in the show as well are quite bleak in a lot of ways like yeah. the sort of like uh dark color palette but yeah. the music is very uplifting so it adds a sort of like like this sort of this beauty to it like you're you're looking at what would be quite bleak scenery and romanticizing it and i yes. think this is another song which, which does that very well like you could be looking at anything in fact there's a phrase uh um i can't remember who who used the phrase me again uh it was maddie weeks episode 39 so sorry maddie and uh thank you maddie but the phrase was uh if you want to fall in love with the place you're from listen to this music and and then walk around yeah so i, th- I think that's i think it's a really good example of like that kind yeah. of music it is very it's very scene setting yeah um like a soundscape it's very mm-hmm. yeah and i think it's like i think that's why i liked it for this topic too because every time i hear it because i also associate this song with playing it as well yeah. and those people like at one point in my life the people i was playing that song with in that little improv group at high school were the closest people to me in my entire life and we all mm. loved this song and we you could see like i still remember how joyful the room always felt when we played this because everybody mm. loved playing it too right. it wasn't just like my favorite it was ev- like every time it was shouted out to play we'd all be like yes like it was like mm. yes we're gonna play that one today um and so yeah i think i, I associate it with like the dingiest little rehearsal room after school like yeah. And those people who I'm, you know, I'm still friendly with, but I haven't seen them in ages, like in years. Right. So mm-hmm. I just know that if I mentioned this song, it's one of those things where we all get transported back to that place. And um, yeah, I've always loved it. I, I still love that song. If it comes yeah. on, I'm like, yes, <laughs> yeah, going to be a good day. <laughs> you can make coffee to that song. It's lovely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I highly That's recommend beautiful. it. Yeah. So, All right. Song 11 is a song that reminds <laughs> you of a specific person. So you're laughing already. You've gone for Handsome Man by Robbie Williams. Yes. Uh, so weirdly, I know it's called Handsome Man, but this song reminds me of my mum through right. and through. Uh, yeah. The Escapology album that this song... I'm I'm going to say it. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to use the term guilty pleasure because I absolutely, 100% unconditionally love that album. Escapology by Robbie Williams is a fucking great album. It's just fun. I really like it. I think the lyricism's cheeky and I think it almost I feel like that album for Robbie and Robbie is one of these really interesting pop stars to me because I think we all forget far too quickly that Robbie Williams at one point was the Harry Styles of the world. Like mm. he was in Australia anyway, one of the biggest pop stars in the world in like 2002, yeah. 2003, 2004. He absolutely dominated. My mum was a recently divorced you know, mid forties parent. So it was everywhere in my house. Robbie Williams was all over the CD players, all in the car. Every time we went on a long trip, mum would be like, put on the Robbie Williams albums, like all of them, not just the one, like sing when you're winning, swing when you're winning, all of them. And so I fell in love with it, I think by default, but also I listen to it now and I'm like, this is about two or three jokes away from being a musical comedy song. Yeah. And I still love it for that reason. Like that song is so tongue in cheek. It's about celebrity culture, celebrity status. And mm. I kind of get mad because I'm like, I wish I wrote this. I wish yeah. I wrote this. And he he pulls it off. He, he pulls it off being a pop song because he's a great vocalist. Yeah. <laughs> I'll yeah. say it. Uh, he's a really great performer, great vocalist. And he, he was always self-aware. And I think that's. Yeah. I really love this song. It's so good. And yeah, whenever I hear it, it was my mum's ringtone. Like when my mum calls me, that's the song that plays. Like, right. hello, did you miss me? I know I'm hard to resist. And I'm like, oh, it's so good. Yeah. So it always reminds me of mum. But yeah, it. it's, 
uh, that's my commentary on Robbie Williams' law. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I hope that that really seeps through. I've always, yeah. He'd be yeah. one I'd want to get a beer with one day, I reckon, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I don't, like, this song kind of took me by surprise a little bit. Like, I've, I've, like, I've seen him uh, do interviews and, and, and chat with people. Mm. Um, he is just genuinely a really, really funny guy. And hilarious. Th- this song could only have been written by, by him, him, only performed by him. Yeah. And he leans into and it get away so with it. hard. And yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant. It's like self aware and earnest and really <laughs> funny and like kind of fuck you and. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah there's just so much and about it that i really it really also felt. like it came out at like some of the height of his fame too like yeah. i think there's an element of ballsiness as well that yeah, i appreciate yeah, yeah. um and i love the lyric the lyric in that song that says i'm gonna milk it until i turn it into cheese it's just great it's yeah. so good and you don't even know you're hearing it until you hear it and you're like oh my god yeah it's got like it's got gear like i'm waiting for him to do a tight five at the comedy store or something like i'm <laughs> actually he's so good <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So fun. And yes, it reminds me of my mum. It's annoying listening to it because you're like, oh, fuck, you're really talented and funny and you're yeah, handsome. Yeah, how dare you? Yeah. yeah, how dare you? Yeah, and you know you, it. And yeah. you're putting it across in a way that makes you more likable. Yes. Fuck you. Yeah, um, so good. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. also on that album on Escapology, he did one of those things where like you play the last song to like the 12 minute mark, you let it play out in silence, an Easter egg. And there's a song that starts and, and the lyric that sticks with me in it is this beautiful little ballad song. But there's a lyric. He's just asking a bunch of questions like in right. the song. And I think that's why it's an Easter egg. It wasn't a full song. But right. one of the questions is, what are the holes in Byros for? And I've never stopped thinking about it. <laughs> it's so... Like, I'm like, that's... Why is that there? On the side of a Byro pen, there's a little plastic hole. Why? Why is it there? And I've, I've, that's been with me for years because of that little Easter egg song. So Robbie Williams, mm. you got some, you got some stuff to answer for, mate. <laughs> I'm, if I ever get the privilege of meeting him, I'll be asking yeah. him that exact question. Yeah, just go through that song, right? Okay, so like, yeah, I, I need like, take, take it off, Robbie. You've, you've asked the questions. Yeah, let's Where are the get answers? some answers now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, song twelve yeah. is the song that motivates you. So you're going for Sledgehammer by Peter yeah. Gabriel. Just makes me want to break shit. That mm. song's so good. Yeah. It's like, it's got all of the sort of driving, but the drums really get me in that song. Like, it's like swung, but it's sharp and mm. it's good. It's a really, I I used to take that song for granted as something that would just sort of play on the radio sometimes. And then I actually really sat down and listened to it properly with good, I finally got good headphones for the first time in my life. Like, right. I've got some AirPods and I put them on surround. Uh-huh. Oh. And I listened to this song. It was just in my library and I listened to it and I was like, this is actually a fucking great song. This is a phenomenal song. Yeah. And I don't even care about the lyrical content of it. Like, it's mm. a, it's fine lyrically, but yeah. the music is so good. It just makes me want to pick up stuff and break it. Like, in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Like, it makes, yeah. it makes me feel like I can move mountains a bit. It makes me feel like I, I don't run, but if I wanted to, you know, <laughs> that's the song that I yeah. would run to. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's Just, it's insanely yeah. good. Um, I guess so. Like this is uh, again, this is the second time the song's come up. But um, weird. So Maybe I, I don't have an original thought ever in my life. <laughs> I I'm like, oh, this will get him. I have a unique music taste now. <laughs> you need to hook me up with who's been suggesting these though, because I'll have to have a chat. 
I'm sorry. You're I like, keep we're the same. Up. No, no, no. You're so fine. I like it. It makes me feel connected to other people. That's good. That's what yeah. it's meant to do. Yeah. Um, so um, no, that, yeah, I'm not surprised though. It's a it's a really good song. It's also yeah. a very popular song. If I'm being honest, well, it's not the, like I've found some little nugget. Yeah. So, the, um, it was uh, Sam Peterson who who picked this song on on, on his mm. list. Um, and he he picked it, and he he basically will say that he doesn't have like an original taste in music. He just like <laughs> he he, he vibes. Yeah, he's just he, he will. will say himself he's got a very like lame taste in music that's how he self uh, analyzes it um which he's not wrong um but um <laughs> but no i i didn't listen to peter gabriel for a long long time because mm. he's a bit of a punchline um in, yeah. in some ways like specifically in like um uh peep show yes um like it's specifically called out as like mark who's like the lame one it's yeah. his his music he's the gabriel yeah exactly and um <laughs> and like, the other one's uh, phil collins right yeah and that and that was yeah. enough for me to like to to not listen to to that music um yeah just because you know it takes energy just like to actually like mm. seek out and and try yes. to listen to it and then when i when i heard this song i was like why would anyone make fun of this like this is it, like so such good. a great song like everything and, about this is amazing and not only that the music video for that song too was i think i can't remember whether it was one of the first or one of the earlier songs to play on M- like music video on mtv mm-hmm. and it took something like i don't know like a year to make because it's stop motion oh wow the whole okay. thing is stop motion. it's actually an unreal music video which i think a lot right. of people would write off as naff but you watch it and you listen to it you're like this is so good i don't know mm. why anyone ever shot on peter gabriel this was like yeah and I, I liked genesis as well i like genesis i like phil collins mm-hmm. um they're incredibly talented musicians but yeah. i just there's if you strip the vocal away i think a lot of people write i think it comes down to the vocal and a lot of people sort of write peter gabriel off as sort of having a bit of a dork like a dorky daggy right. kind of singing voice which yeah. is by the way not true but yeah. if you were to take that out the bass in that song is so intricate the drums yeah. in that song is so intricate and it's so deliberate mm-hmm. and i think i appreciate a driving rhythm section more than anything else i just think it's such a good song yeah. it's a good song i'm not afraid it's to great. say that it's not i would i would understand so it if it was boring like if it was it's like not. a sort of like a middle of the road like I, again, mm. just like a guy with a guitar kind of music. If if they were making yeah. fun of that, I would get it. But then, I listen and go like, maybe maybe it's just the 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 audience is typically maybe like older men, and that's why it's being made yeah. fun of. But like the song itself, I think is undeniable. So good, yeah, so good. That being said, I haven't exactly delved into more of Peter Gabriel's stuff. I probably should. If yeah. I like Sledgehammer, I sure I would like more. But Sledgehammer is just yeah, it's yeah. an unreal. Great, great, well, Salisbury great Hill is another one that um, just came oh, up yeah. on, a, on a list, and like I hadn't really properly listened to that song. I was just aware of it, and then I was like, That's "Oh, a this great is Peter song. Gabriel, and this is an amazing song." Um, Why am I so, shocked? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway, I hope he's doing well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wherever you are, Peter, <laughs> you listening? <laughs> All right, song thirteen is a song that someone introduced you to. So you went for Satisfaction by Alan. Yes. Stone. Um, yes, I love, 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 love Alan Stone. And my first exposure to him was through one of my best friends, one of my closest friends. His name's TJ. And um, we met at that music college that I talked to a bit earlier. And mm-hmm. he is of Samoan 
descent. And so he's also an incredible guitar player and an insane vocalist, really, really beautiful vocalist. So we obviously became friends because we could both harmonize and we both ended up getting roped into a lot of other people's performances because we could play instruments and harmonize. So it was like, Mm -hmm. you know, two for the price of one with the both of us. So we mingled on that front and then I was very, like, I was a country girl. I just moved to the city and I knew nothing and my music taste was a bit, like, it was fine. Um, And I remember we went on on a, I think we just went out to like a chicken shop or something and we were chatting and he was like, so, you know, what do you listen to? And I was sort of saying, you know, like, oh, I listened to Kimbra and Lord and like, I mean, all great artists, but there was nothing really jazzy or funky apart from like old school stuff. Mm. And he was like, okay, D'Angelo. And I was like, who? And then I listened to D'Angelo because of him. And we just had this big day where we were talking and he was like, you've got to listen. You've got to listen to Alan Stone. You've mm. got to listen to Alan Stone. So we spent like an afternoon just listening to Alan Stone. Yeah. Um, and he is now... He, all of his albums are in my in my library. He is so phenomenal. Um, and then later on in our in our lifetime, in our friendship, he came out to Australia and did a show. And uh, TJ and I splurged and got VIP tickets because at the time the VIP tickets were only like ninety dollars. So he's because he's, he's still quite an underground actor. Again, kind of like Sarah Bareilles. I'm like, why is this man not yeah. fucking mega famous? Mm-hmm. He also plays all his own stuff and writes all his own stuff too. Um, and so we got to see his sound check. We got to meet him. We got to have a chat to him. And then we got to be like front row of his show at the Enmore in Sydney. Oh, and so I just associate a lot of his music with my best friend. But um, yeah, he, he very much was like, you are very white and we need to <laughs> fix your music taste. Uh, Taylor Swift isn't going to cut it. We need to. <laughs> and he did. He really introduced me to a lot of incredible... Ironically enough, Alan Stone is also a white man. Yeah, I was going to um, say. But if you listen to him, it's, yeah. it's, he's got an... Um, he's just phenomenal. Yeah. And all of his songs are different. I feel like they're all influenced by the same place, but they're they all feel very different. And that album, self-titled Alan Stone album is is god tier. It's very good. Yeah. Yeah. I Yeah, I I I would agree that I um I would love to see more music like this in the mainstream. I'd love to see this be a lot bigger than than maybe it mm. is. I hadn't heard of Alan Stone. I absolutely love this song. Um Yes. And I think this is like you know what we said about um you know going back to your older music maybe being a little bit like sort of disillusioned with it i yeah. feel like i'm very sorry to to paolo but no um, paolo nutini i feel like yeah um i feel like alan stone is where paolo nutini could have ended up um, yes it is a bit sad when you figure that out hey yeah he yeah, yeah and he also has another song which almost made that as well i was it was always going to be an alan stone song because i just associate it so much with tj but um he has another song called Unaware, which is like a ballad of that album. Right. It's really good too. If you like Alan, you'll love him. Like he's, okay. he doesn't really, um, not to say that he doesn't really change, but I, I've never really heard a song of his that I don't like. Right. Yet. Yeah. Like it's, he also reminds me, it's quite interesting of like Silk Sonic. Like I, we're seeing a lot of that older yes. stuff come back now with bands like Silk Sonic, who I also adore, but mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, God, I really want Silk Sonic and Alan Stone to collaborate. Like, I feel like yeah. that's not that, that far of a stretch. Like he's, yeah. Alan's quite famous, but you really have to sort of, you have to be recommended Alan, I feel like right. all the time. But once yeah. you are recommended, you do find out he actually has collaborated with some pretty insane people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm waiting for it. Silk Sonic, Alan Stone would be, I'd lose my mind. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> It would be well, so I'm, good. I'm glad to be on the, on the inner circle now. Um, yeah, yeah, you've made it. 
it sounds the incredible. cool like, muso I, list yeah <laughs> exactly yeah but i yeah i i fell in love with the song straight away like yeah the first chord yeah like it's just it's epic. gutsy um, it's grumpy yeah. it's funky it's yeah and it's about um disillusionment from the church too which i mean as a sort of agnostic atheist myself i really kind of love Same. it for that reason too but it's cool because yeah. it sounds also like a breakup like it, it could be either or like until you really yeah. listen to the lyrics you're like oh it's about right. the church oh yeah Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I didn't actually know that, so I, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen. Listen again. to it again, and you'll be like, "Oh shit!" Because <laughs> mm, nice. when I first heard it, I said the same thing. I was like, "It's a breakup. It's a breakup song." And then right. I heard him talking about it, and he was like, "It's about the church." And I was like, "Because oh. he grew I'm up, on, grew up Christian." Board. Me too. Yeah. I, I I'm, ah. I'm excited to listen to that now. Um, yeah, yeah. It reminded me of um, and again, this might be quite reductive, but it reminded me of the first time I listened to uh, Gary Clark Jr. Yes, um, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Same thing. I was exposed to Gary sadly through a cover because I was exposed to him through the Stevie Wonder celebration. Right, where okay. Gary Clark Jr., Beyonce, and Ed Sheeran, fucking wild, um, all played uh, Higher Ground. And mm. I was exposed to his guitar playing. And I was like, right, okay. Who is this? It's exactly the same vibe. You are absolutely correct. Yeah. It's a gut punch and it's a good gut punch. You're like, holy shit. You're kind of shocked into existence from listening yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's so good. I'm so Absolutely. glad you said Gary. Yeah, he's great. He's yeah. really bringing back that old sound too. I mean, I love Stevie yeah. Wonder as well, which I'm surprised I didn't put on this list. But um, mm. I really love when I hear someone and I go, oh, you listen to all the same music I listen to. Like, I love when you can yeah. hear what someone listens to through their own music. It's yes. yeah, yeah. the best Absolutely. feeling. Yeah, excellent. So good. Okay. <laughs> um, song 14 then is a song you would expect to like. So you went for <laughs> Model Village by Idols. Yeah. I, well, I mean, anybody who's heard this song would be like, what the fuck is this doing on this list? Um, it's a very angry, it's not sung. It's it's like punk spoken word. It's mm. angry and it's fast paced and it's gritty and grimy and like, I don't know. There's something very British about it, which mm. I, I do. I, I love a British accent in a punk song. I feel like that feels very authentic. Yeah. Um, and I mean, they're obviously English, but I'm like, I, I just think punk, you know, it started in England to me and I feel yeah. like it, it has to end there. Um, but it's, it's got, a, it's weird. It's not like many sort of shouty songs in the way that it has got a hook. It actually has got something that you find yourself coming back and saying a lot, which is model house, model car, model village. Like yeah. I found myself and when, and I first, like most of these songs, I first was exposed to them in a car. We were driving and my boyfriend loves this band. He's going to see them live when they're out here later in the year. Um, and I, I regret not getting a ticket now because mm. I heard this song in the car and I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, this yeah. is, this makes me want to go and like smash a glass and like be in a scene of train spotting and like throw yeah. a beer around like this. And in a great, it just, it just needs to be in a chase scene. Like I literally yeah. hear, it's so fun. It's just really fun. And it kind of, it felt like music I'd never heard before. It felt like mm-hmm. it wasn't being inauthentic punk. It actually felt like these guys were actually angry about something and actually yeah. wanted to say something. Yeah. They're very, yeah, I'm really glad that I was exposed to them through through my partner who's into a lot of rock stuff. And I yeah. I didn't, it's not something that anyone would ever pick would be on my library, but it is. I really, yeah. really like that song. I really like that album. Um, yeah. They're great. They're really good. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm really coming around to to idols um yeah i think i first came across i think the first time i really listened to one of their songs was uh um 
again. I'm, I'm doing it again. I can't remember the name of the song, but it was the one they the did same. around um, Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Um, They're, it, it's, it's got real Rage Against the Machine vibes, those guys. Yeah. Where you really feel like they actually care. They really, really deeply care. That, that's exactly what I was thinking about. It was... It was, it was um, it was yeah, there, there's a there's real authenticity to it. It doesn't feel mm. performative in that no. in that way. Um, it does feel like there's something very sincere about how they feel about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, grounds. It's called grounds. Um, oh yeah. And uh, so I really love that song because it. I think I, it felt to me like it was sort of attacking the right and the left because it was very much like it's very anti-racist like yep. we need to do better but there's also like there's a line in this like not a single thing has ever been mended by you standing there and saying you're offended yeah which is like I, I absolutely love that because it's 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 a lot of the sort of the 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 conversation around Black Lives Matter when it went after George Floyd I thought yeah. it was very performative and yep. people were saying the right things, but they were saying it because you had to say the right thing. Yeah, because like their PR that, agent was calling them, telling them exactly, to say something. Exactly, exactly. And then that lyric is just like such a gut punch to that kind of person and not in a way that the right does where they... they oh, cancel like, culture, everything's gone woke. Yeah, yeah, and they dismiss um, everything that's being said because you're a social justice warrior or... Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, I, I just... Uh, they, there's such smart yeah. lyricists yeah there's such an era of um like a, a like a like an aroma of no bullshit around yeah. them i believe mm. every word they say and i really feel like they're so the kind of like they stand up for themselves to the point where they would never write a lyric down and record it if they didn't believe it i really firmly don't think they're ever going to be disillusioned by the world of strippers because yeah. they just yeah. they just say what they want when they want and i no, I, I don't feel comfortable doing that myself even though i'm a comedian sometimes i feel like oh no, I can't say that and I can't say that. And if I want to get out of that space, listening to music like that makes me go, yeah, no, fuck it. I'm going to say what I want, what yeah. I want and how I want to say it and how yeah. I want to articulate it. I think it's, yeah, they're really yeah. great. And, and I also think it, like if you're looking for music that's different to what you normally listen to, they're a really great place to start. No, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. Just definitely. so different. I think and Model Village is also like a really good commentary on the sort of like Little England mentality. Yeah. Um, which like feeds into a lot of the sort of the yes. racism and sort of backwardsness that, that happens in like Australia as well, but in, in, like, yeah. in, in the UK. I do feel like it would be it would be so different listening to them as a Brit local. Like I feel like mm. even like as an Australian, I do kind of relate to the lyrics, but I feel like if you actually grew up in the same grimy scenes and you know where they're talking about and what exact specific subcultures they're talking about, it would be yeah. so like such a good validating experience i think yeah and no, i it, do it, envy it a bit it put me in mind of like my sort of um i sort of alluded to the fact that i grew, I grew up christian it put me in the fact in the mind mm. of my like old church community yes. where like everything has to be like just so picket fence and, yeah. yeah and then that but that also means that like being just so means like you know doing the right things saying the right things but it also means looking the right way and mm-hmm. loving the right people and conforming um, to that idea of what's right as well. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. In Australia, there's actually there is an equivalent band. They're still they're still young and they're still new. Um, so they've got lots of room for growth. But if you want to get like a sort of a taste of the Australian side of punk, like something that captures a culture. Yeah. I love that they capture sort of like a culture in time. The chats. 
are a punk band from Australia. Okay. And they do they do it's a lot more fun, a lot more lighthearted kind of punk music. But mm. there's a song called Pub Feed, which is just very Australian. Like if I think okay. of an Australian song, I'm like, Pub Feed is a fucking great capture of Australian mid class, okay. lower class society. It's it's so good and it's yeah. like it's very similar to i think in a couple of years the chats will be pardon me oh my god i keep hiccuping i don't know why the chats will be very similar yeah um to idols in some ways and i hate comparing artists too because when people compare me to other comedians i'm like shut up don't do it but i do it all the time with musicians i'm like oh if you like yeah. this you'll love this or if you want yeah, yeah. this you'll get this i do it all the time yeah. <laughs> That's, I mean, that's that's fine. You know, that's, like, that's the that's, biz, that's isn't what it? We're after, yeah. Absolutely. It's only annoying when it's about you. <laughs> <laughs> Every time someone's like, "It's like Tim mentioned with boobs," I'm like, "Shut up! No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I've listened to him my whole life, but no, I'm not. I'm not like that. Stop it! It's mean. I'm offended." <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, I, I, I don't want to constantly talk about idols but there's one other thing that i really really love about idols um before we move on um i because i like i i'm working i've just started releasing like time of recording started releasing like my best of for the first year of of yes good um the first uh first song on the list the song i fell in love straight away was an idol song never fight a man wow um yes which (laughs) chef's kiss it's like, on the insanely tin. beautiful song um yeah but uh so it was sam lingham who who picked that song and and he was saying that when they were writing they allowed their, themselves to write with more naivety yeah which i think was such a fascinating thing in writing lyrics because i feel like it's it, you can become so self-aware i think um i think bo burnham is sort of verging on being on the uh, a victim of this in that I think yes. he is so self-aware of like what he is in the industry that I think that I think he did I think he like is on the right side of it now but I, f- I can feel sometimes it verging into what are you actually trying to say then if you're just sort of like being self-aware is that the only yes. thing that you're saying do you know what I mean and I think writing with naivety was I think it was just such a, a, a beautiful idea of just being yeah. able to like just allowing yourself to be like I might not get this exactly right and I might not say exactly the right thing, but um, I'm just going to say how I'm feeling in the moment. Yeah, leave room for nuance. It's, yeah. yeah. It's quite a a dangerous thing. Like in, again, I don't want to sound like a right winger, but like in the entire society, you know, like you can, if you get something slightly wrong, then, you know, you know, people might misinterpret it. I find myself constantly thinking from the perspective of other people as well and i have to remind myself actually i shouldn't actually be providing a perspective on anything other than the one i believe or the one i know so i found myself there were some times where i have a song even just a song as simple as mine but everyone is allowed to have an opinion on everything and i'm not saying they aren't but the difference now between now and you know 30 years ago Mm -hmm. is that your opinion can be heard by many people and like before you even had time to even compute your own thoughts You've yes. already got an army of 50 people who agree with this thought yes. you've had at this point in time. Yeah. And I think that can be not dangerous. I just, well, it can be dangerous in the wrong hands, but I think yeah. it also just makes, it makes writing authentically tricky and it makes writing yeah. true to who you are very tricky because even now, because I came up on TikTok, like that's how I started. I started in a digital space mm-hmm. and some of my own songs, like there's a song about my hometown in my first show called 12 Pubs. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, it's a song that I believe to be very authentic to the town I lived in when I grew up. It's been a lot more gentrified now and it's still on the up and up. It's becoming quite a city now. But I refer to it as like a small country town because to me it felt small and to the most of the world it wouldn't be a recognisable place. So to me it is a rural setting. And I found that there, you know, the more I put it out there and it sort of started getting traction, a lot of people started weighing in being like, well, you know, 12 pubs isn't small. And I go, I'm trying to accommodate to all of these, you know, ideas of what small is or what country is or what this is. And I'm like, I'm forgetting that this song is supposed to be about my hometown and whether you relate to it or not is actually not my problem. I want you to relate to it. But if you don't relate to it, that's cool too. And so it's this, it's like a weird, you kind of have to bridge the gap. I think if you're speaking on an issue that you haven't lived you should research it a little more, but also don't be afraid to like somehow write a lyric in there. It's like, but also I don't know everything. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's it's very little room these days. Um, these days, I sound fifty. It's very little room these days uh, yeah. for nuance and for like just considering for five seconds that maybe that's not what they meant or that that's not the intent that they no, have. Absolutely, um, yeah. Yeah, but it is. It's a very different world, and I think yeah, writing with naivety is a really good lesson that I might take away with uh, from this because I think I might. Yay start writing some dumb shit and just letting it be dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not everything has to be a political statement, Gabby. Ooh. Yeah. It's <laughs> my life. But yeah, look, I, I, I think, um, I, I think about that a lot. Exactly what you said about like, you know, everyone's opinion is out there, but every voice can be heard. Can be heard. Um, and it, 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 which it is a good means, and bad thing. I think it's mainly a bad thing. Cause I, mm. cause I think, um, a lot of the time what will happen for, for me, what I've seen is like, you don't have to, you never have to justify an opinion if you don't want to on the internet. Yeah. You can just have your opinion based on nothing but just how you feel. Yeah. And you will have hundreds of people who agree with you and hundreds of people who disagree with you. And you will yes. have facts and evidence and all these different charts and graphs that will back up your opinion based and then on... Also... Yeah, but 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 you don't actually have to do your own research or do, or do your own thinking. You can just say, yeah. like this is how I feel about a subject and a lot of people will be like, you're exactly yeah. right and you That's don't have right. to do anything about it. And you will also have a lot of people being like, you're not only wrong, but you're an awful person. Awful. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 a weird place. And I think, I mean, it's also, it has been the same in culture. Like, I feel like if you were famous 20, 30 years ago, you do still have that problem because you do things like interviews and you say dumb shit. Everybody does it. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure people quietly murmur among their friends, like, oh, did you read that interview? Blah, 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 blah. The difference is you yourself are also not exposed to what other people thought of that. Mm, like mm-hmm. something in written form or whatever. But on the internet where people can literally tag you in things and be like, this is why you're an awful piece of shit or mm. why your one little opinion makes me just completely hate you completely now. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's hard. But I will say on the flip side, the reason that everybody having a voice that can be heard more and more accessible is a good thing mm. is because we also have to remember that in a lot of these spaces of fame or in notoriety or whatever, a lot of the people at the helm of figuring out who's going to get their voice heard and who aren't, it's the same kind of person, which is often a white man. Um, sure. And I feel like it has been really good for the communities of people who maybe up until now have not had their voices heard and so you know that's like when people are suddenly like oh well, why is it a problem if a show is not diverse anymore and i'm like mm. because it's always been a, it's actually always been a problem you just yes. didn't hear the people who are telling you it's a problem the people who are from those communities people from 
ethnical minorities or the LGBTQI plus community, like those people have been telling you it's bad. You just didn't have to listen to them. You didn't have to because they weren't famous or notable or whatever. And I think the flip side of, I mean, I think it's ultimately bad for anyone and everyone, however uneducated to have an opinion is. (laughs) that can be It's also good. It's good when it creates actual change. And I think we're starting to see internet culture really start to affect um, meaningful change. The problem Mm. is just that how much of that change is performative and how much of it isn't. And I think that's the next thing to navigate. But also I'm going to just fucking top and tail that bloody statement by saying, I don't know anything. I am a white (laughs) 26-year-old Australian lady and I didn't go to uni. I didn't finish it. As you could hear, my essay uh, methods were terrible and I don't really know how to research things. That's just how I feel about that and I'm happy to be absolutely schooled and debated on that at any point in time if you have a more nuanced opinion than that uh but yes right. that's just how i feel about it <laughs> okay fair enough do you, do you know what i'm tempted to do i think this would be fun just oh I, yeah when i'm editing the show um every single time you caveat what you're saying just edit it out <laughs> <laughs> sounds good <laughs> then i don't have to worry about it yeah so i have to i live i live my existence like that like i go i think i have a strong i don't think i've ever had a strong opinion on anything because i go here is my strong opinion and then the second guessing kicks in and i go but it is also just my opinion and i don't want to hurt anyone like how do i fall into comedy it's literally the opposite of what you're supposed to do you're supposed to be like this is my opinion fuckers lap it up baby I am a religious leader. <laughs> but no, I'm like the world's most self-conscious um, yeah. virtue signaling comedian, I think. Yeah, Genuinely, it's no bad thing to, like, to know that you don't know everything. I think yeah. that's... I, I, oh. like, I'm, I'm being facetious. I think that's... And I thing. know it. Don't you worry. <laughs> My yeah, my average high school marks, they let me know every day. <laughs> my parents, my friends, my peers. One time I didn't know until I was 24 years old that I was saying the word Guantamano incorrectly. For like 24 years of my life, I was saying it Guantamano. Not how you say that. It's not how you say it. <laughs> and my friends were like, what are you saying? I do that a lot. Anyway, sorry, that's a complete yeah. tangent. You can edit that out. But anyway. Oh, that's fine. Uh, I, I'm, yeah. It's, it's oh, yeah, good. That's Delicatessent. a good one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Up until a I, couple of years ago, my wife was like, "What are you saying?" I'm like, oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> uh, spelling words too, yeah. Like defiantly mm. and definitely got me for mm. a few good solid decade there for a yeah. while. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so the point of the point of this discussion, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know anything <laughs> except for some banging tracks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back. We're back. We've got we back did on it. Track. So like 15. that segue. Yeah, it's good. So fifteen. <laughs> Uh, a song you think everyone should listen to so you've gone for Miracle by Kimber. yes yes it sounds very God Squatty it's not um, it just sounds it. any song called Miracle I'm always like mm, when a mm. hero comes along it's not that song <laughs> um, but Kimbra is an artist again who I think she's not just an artist and a vocalist and a songwriter she's also a producer and I think mm. she like she has help but I think she produces a lot of her tracks and this track just sounds it's just so she's so ahead of her time. This track came out, I think, in like 2013, 2014, maybe even earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and you listen to it now, and you think, "Oh yeah, it kind of sounds like Dua Lipa." But at the time, this song I had never heard anything like this song. Mm. It's so 
it's like funky and it's disco and she it's like she can preempt what's going to be a trend in like five years. Right. So now she's about to release more music. Um, I think this week that we're I don't know what the time this re- episode gets released, but she's about to release more. And I guarantee you, everyone's going to be like, "That's just a bit weird." She's a bit weird for my liking. But the trick yeah. to Kimber is, if you don't like weird and you want things that are a bit more listenable, just mm-hmm. go back. Like her first album, Vows, is so yeah. good, but at the yeah. time it was so weird. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a visionary and she also an incredible vocalist. She sounds really different from a lot of people. Also a Kiwi. She's a New Zealander. And I just feel like they have really nailed singer-songwriters that are unique from everyone. Like mm-hmm. they've got Lord, they've got Kimbra. Like she's unreal. Yeah. Um, and if you don't know who she is, she's the, just for any listeners who don't know, she's the voice on Gautier's Somebody That I Used To Know. She's the female yeah. voice on that track. So you'll all go, oh yeah, she's got a great voice. She, that song does not do her justice. She no. is phenomenal. She's yeah. so, so good. Yeah. So good. So, so <laughs> I, yeah, I, that's where I knew Kimber from initially. And then um, there's another Kimber sh- uh, song um, I, in an earlier episode, which was Top of the World. Great song. Unbelievable. Like, I yeah. absolutely love that song. I thought it was incredible. And uh, so different. And then, yeah. uh, like, as I say, like, most of my music listening is dominated by doing this show. So I don't really have time to deep down yeah. to a lot of artists so then but i saw there was a kimber song on here i was like oh great i really like yeah. kimber this is like again a world away from those two things it's like it's mm-hmm. like a just as you say like a funky kind of uh, pop song but, it f- um, yeah it feels quite basic when you hear it now but i only put it in there because actually listening to it the production is every time i, I found that every time i listen to it i hear something i didn't hear before right like, there's a vocal effect. She's really big on vocal effects, too. So half of the instruments that you hear are actually her singing. Like, it's like... That's her. Like anyway, Seriously? Yeah, she, she's huge on production elements that differ wow. her from everyone else. And she's also really big on that live as well. Like, when you watch her perform live, she uses things like the TC Helicon Voice Live, which is like a looping and vocal effects modulator. She'll loop her own tracks. She'll play with a band, but she'll also have like some fun percussive. Like she just, she has just crushed what music is supposed to sound like. I just think she, she doesn't care whether other people will like it. She doesn't care whether it's palatable to the radio stations or whatever. She just makes what she loves to hear. And it's, and she's just, genius she literally yeah. is picking trends in music before like she's making them she's making the trends right like because i hear i hear miracle and i'm like dua lipa would have recorded this about six years later yeah like, it sounds like a dua lipa song now yeah but she released she's just earlier she got ahead of everyone yeah. she's great it's a perfect song like i yeah. absolutely love this song i hadn't heard it before yes totally yes, in love yes, with yes. the song um yeah. so yeah uh, like I'm, I'm i'm fully on board and Yes, think, the Kimber the train. Yeah, yeah. Choo choo, choo choo, motherfucker. I think the <laughs> yeah. reason, I think the fact that I've heard Top of the World and really liked it, and the fact that I've heard this and really liked it, I'm so fascinated. Like I've, I actually do have a little bit more time now, like time of recording between now and the oh. next episode. So I think Kimber is going to be an artist that I'm going to, yes. I'm going to try and get into a little bit more because listen, so I don't think there's a lot. And I don't, I, and feel free to ignore me, but listen to her albums as they came out chronologically because Vows okay. was like her first big, I don't know if it was her first album, but it was her first big hit mm-hmm. um, over, over this way anyway. Vows is a, 
Chef's Kiss album, um, okay. really, really good gateway drug to Kimbra. And then right. the next album, The Golden Echo, which is what Miracle is on, is also really good. But like the first yeah. time, even me, I'm guilty of this. The first time I listened to The Golden Echo, as like I was would have been 17 or 18, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I think this might be a bit weird. This might be a bit too weird for me. I actually don't know right. if I like this. And I listened to it now and I'm like, what the fuck was I going on about? This is a brilliant <laughs> album and I did not give it enough like of a listen. It's so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then the album after that was Top of the World and um, also another great song by her, Everybody Knows, is a really mm-hmm. great song. Um, is is awesome. She just, she hasn't had a miss in my opinion. She yeah. she is so great and I'm waiting again for her to be like the biggest fucking thing on earth since sliced bread. She, yeah. I mean, she is to me. I should stop saying that. They are, they all are. <laughs> They're all on my list. But yeah, she is absolutely yeah. unreal. Excellent. Phenomenal artist. Yeah. Um, oh, good quick aside here i yeah like millions of listenings on like some of her top songs so like uh yep. 7 million 24 million on settle down yeah uh, 7 million on top of the world guess how many on somebody that i used to know uh less is it less what? or more wait well, it's point, huge right 1.2 billion yeah it's that's such a funny interesting story like that's that song won them like three grammys i think yeah and they yeah. and and gautier's aussie and and kimber's um kiwi and i think that was like the biggest success story of australia for the like we would not stop going on about that when that <laughs> song was hit the big time everybody in australia was like fuck yeah guys we did it yeah we fucking did it yeah. like this is it and it's just so interesting like everybody knows that song but it's weird how no one thought to go a little bit deeper a lot of the time overseas yeah. i think yeah and exactly. just be like, if this song's good, surely the rest of it's good. <laughs> I never do and that. It is. I never do. I, I get what we're talking I. about already, but like, never. Like, I hear never. a song and I'm like, oh, I really like that. All right. Yeah. Bye. Next, <laughs> next thing. Yeah. Bye. Next thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That goes on the playlist. See you later. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah, not. A, we're not an album culture anymore. We can't. No. It's, because we don't have. To, we don't have to buy albums anymore. Don't have the attention know? span. No. Yeah. And if we I, don't I, have I don't, to. Exactly. Exactly. All on streaming. Just pick yeah. the ones. Yeah. It's a good, it's a blessing and a curse, isn't it? Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. And on well, that note, <laughs> I was going to say I felt like we were about to end on a positive note, and then I brought that up, and now it's like, okay, great. <laughs> no, no, well, no, like, you're fine. Well, a lovely note to end on. Um, yes. So yeah, we, uh, we can wrap it up there, Gabby. Do you have anything that you want to uh, plug or promote? What have you? Um, well, I mean, I, I, if you want to have a listen to another music uh, podcast that's a lot meaner and less factually based and a lot less nostalgic and lovely, um, me and my friend, who's also a musical comedian, Floyd Alexander Hunt, we have a podcast on Spotify and Apple Music called I've Got Notes. Uh, and if you like sort of revisiting artists that you might have forgotten about or people that you know of but not a lot about, it's it's good for that. And we're sort of finding our feet and it's independent at the moment. So the more you listen and like it, the better off we are, as I'm sure you're aware, Shane, <laughs> podcasting is a weird industry so yeah. um yeah if you want to come listen to our stuff as well by no means we are asking to compete with shane this is a much more fully fledged methodical podcast but if you like your music um yes come on over it's like book club for maniacs uh so yeah <laughs> that's i guess the thing and also i guess i'm i myself well screw floyd uh i've got my own shows uh, around the place um coming up i think i might be in edinburgh next year but i'm not sure yet um but i am working on my second show at the moment so if you're ever in australia um i'm doing the festival circuit next year so yeah that's that's me <laughs> beautiful well thank you very much thank you this is awesome i loved doing this it's like a little walk down And that is it for episode 46 of Mixtape and Identity. Thank you so much for listening. 
go and check out Gabby where if you can. Uh, Gabby Bolt Official is the Instagram. Um, so she's starting to post more in terms of her uh, videos of her songs and stuff, which is great. Uh, I'm a big fan. So um, yeah, she's phenomenal. Go and check that out. Uh, I've got notes. Uh, the podcast also very very good. So go and check that out. And yeah, if you're in the UK or Australia, hopefully you'll have an opportunity to see Gabby perform live in 2023. So make the most of that opportunity if you can. If you like this show and you want to support it, there's a couple of different ways you can do that. We do have a coffee link set up, so if you want to throw us a couple of quid for an episode that you've enjoyed with no monthly obligation, uh, you can do that. If you want to have a monthly obligation, you're, you're welcome to do that, but um, yeah, you can do it the, the no strings attached way as well. If you're not in a position to do that, absolutely fine, just, uh, you know, so you can support us in other ways. Uh, leave us a rating, leave us a review, say nice things, tell your friends, all that good stuff. Um, the more we can do to grow the podcast, the better. Uh, I'll be back next week for episode 47. So in the meantime, look after yourselves and we'll speak to them.